and I yes. successfully got Brody and Danielle Stewart to put their fingers in my really used fleshlight on the drunk cast That's and terrible. smell it. Danielle Stewart being Jason Teeb's girlfriend, you fuck? Yeah. You're a, you're a problem. He's, he's possessed by his AIDS, and it's controlling him to is that spread what it, is? it around. It's like some sort of a parasite, right? Like that yeah. aquatic worm. No, or that mushroom that like falls on the ants, and the ants go and wander into the pool and drown themselves. Or I don't know about this one. You haven't seen that? The, no, the parasitic fun, fungus? Maybe we're talking about the same thing. No, we're. T- I was talking about an aquatic worm that j- grows into uh, a... Caterpillar's body or grasshopper's body gets to a certain size and then convinces the grasshopper to go swim. <laughs> grasshoppers can't right. swim. This is a, what is this fungus? This is different. But I love like what is that grasshopper <laughs> thinking? Yeah, he's not thinking anymore. What happens is the the aquatic worm rewires his brain somehow or another. You know, it's the weirdest. Like how did that work with evolution? Like how there's a bunch work? of other ones out there too. I know there's one that makes some <clears throat> some bugs head glow. I forget what the bug it is, but it completely zombifies the bug, takes over. What's the matter? Uh, you can just lift your mic up a little. It's, it's not facing you. I think that might be what the sound kind of distortion is. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, like, does that sound way. better? Yeah. People at home say yes. Yeah. People at home on the treadmill, yes. Yes. Talked to a lot of fucking people in Australia that listened to the podcast. It was kind of a trip, you know, because uh, last year when I was there, I didn't have the podcast. I didn't do it. Or if I did do it, it was only like we'd done like a couple of them and nobody knew about it. But now, you know, uh, when, when we were in Rudy Hill <clears throat> and I mentioned the podcast and all these people cheered, I was like, wow, like how many of you fucking people? Like, and then I thought, started thinking about it, like, has there ever been a medium like that where you can just put something online and someone on the other side of the continent can be a, a weekly listener of this thing? That's fucking crazy. No, I don't it's think. It's amazing. Is there a lot of so. people? <clears throat> yeah, it's packed. And then we did another show on Sunday night after the UFC. Sunday night, the UFC was over at 5 because the way the way that it was set up was so it could be live on pay-per-view in America on Saturday night, which is Sunday early afternoon in Australia. So 7 p.m. here is, uh, you know, like 2? 2 there. 2 p.m. there. Oh, so it was live. It wasn't recorded <laughs> yeah. and rebroadcast? No, no, no. It was oh, live, nice. but it was, we shot it on Sunday. So then we were there Sunday night, and we were like, well, hey, we're going to be out of here at 5 o'clock. So uh, the uh, woman who runs the local club, her name's Jules, it's called the, the Laugh Garage. Uh, we, we said, hey, well, let's, uh, let's fucking, let's go do a set there. So we, we hooked it up, and uh, just on Twitter, packed the place. Really? Yeah, just wow. threw, threw out some Twitter messages, said, hey, Crazy. we're doing an impromptu ninja show. Amazing. And then we went down there. So all these cool motherfuckers came out. It was a, a really fun show. It was really fun. It's a small place. It only seats like 150 people. <clears throat> and it's real tight and intimate. And just the perfect size comedy club. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's got the perfect vibes. It's got all the shitty headshots on the wall. All the, the, the right. exact things that you want from a great club. Yeah. Good bar, great owners, people that love <clears throat> comedy. So we did that on Sunday night. We had a, a, a show there. It was fucking fun as hell. That's man. awesome. That, isn't it yeah. amazing that you could do that now? You don't have to fucking go on radio stations, put out advertisements and newspapers. You just fucking put on your cell phone. Hey, I'm going to be here at yeah. this time. Go here. This is the first time I really did it like that, where I, I did a show from you know the, from a few hours to let's do a show in a few hours, ready, go, and it all did it wirelessly, wirelessly from cell phones. Yeah, you know it's incredible. That's the insane. connection that you have with people now is just off the charts you know yeah Speak. it's causing some insane shit to happen in the world right now yeah. all the stuff in libya and the middle east is 
And Charlie Sheen. It's I blame it. Oh, Charlie, I blame it for Charlie Sheen. Sheen. I, apparently, Mrs. Rogan was ecstatic about the newest Charlie Sheen interview because apparently he can't, comes off crazy than a fucking loon. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't heard any of it. He did a new one and he goes, uh, hey, the only drug I'm on is Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. <laughs> uh, I need to hear that. I need to hear those actual words because on the way over to the airport, me and Ari were listening to um, the, uh, the the one who when it was on the Alex Jones show, which, by the way, got him kicked off that show. They, they canceled production of his show for the rest of the season because of that one interview. I, I heard uh, just recently he said he's he's not quitting or he's back on it or something like that. Because I know that there was a while they were going to have Amelia Estevez fill, fill in, but then I thought I just said on, that heard on or read on TMZ that now he's like, no, I'm not leaving the show or quitting well, the show. Well, it wasn't his choice. It was them. I don't know what you're, where you're getting this from. They fired him. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you look that up? Because what they were saying was that they were canceling production of the show for the season because of his erratic behavior and that he needs to seek help. He goes, I'm just tired of pretending that I'm not freaking winning at every corner, at every turn, just delivering the freaking goods over and over again. And they asked him about piss tests, and he goes, yeah, I'll pass the first one. Second one's in your mouth, okay? <laughs> it's called winning. <laughs> I'm tired of pretending. I'm here. I'm here with the goddesses. I'm tired of pretending that I'm not living the perfect freaking life, and I'm out there delivering the goods at every turn. He's another. I love him. I love him too, man. And I it's, love him. It's the because you got <laughs> two, coconut water. You got two archetypes going on, Charlie Sheen. One of them is he's just doing what really powerful guys have been doing for thousands of years when they have a lot of money. They try to establish a harem. That's like a. That's like a basic thing. That's been in society for a very long time. That's all he's doing. He's just living like the Western version of some Roman emperor. I, I misread. He was saying that he was like going to sue and stuff like that, meaning like he no, he's not quitting. You know, this well, is that's not, not that's not misread. That's, yeah. You didn't read it at all, bitch. Well, no, that's what he was saying. Though. No, that's what that's what he he said though. Yeah, they don't they don't back down that easy. This is a gunfight right now between him and the executive producer. I know how this works. Did you hear him? The shit he talked about on the executive producer. Yeah, that, yeah he talked a lot of shit, and he was crazy. upset that the guy said something at the one of the closings of the show. He said, you know, that I I eat right, I do, you know, I exercise, I get my colon checked twice a year. If Charlie Sheen outlives me, I'm going to be really pissed. Right. I would think that's funny. I would take that as a joke yeah. if I was Charlie. I would be like, you know, I mean, he's going out Hunter S. Thompson style, man. Yeah. He in front of the whole world to see. Yep. I'm, not, I'm delivering the freaking goods at every turn. Okay. It's called winning. <sighs> he's got that long breath that he does. With, it's called winning. Yeah. He's delivering the freaking goods. This stuff hear. on paper is a lot better than when you hear it live. Find uh, the, the interview. Find the, the most recent one because apparently it's just fucking gold and he looks crazy as shit and his eyeballs are bugging out while he's talking. He, yeah. The only drug I'm on is Charlie Sheen. He just did a piss test for Radar Online and yeah. it came up negative. Like he yeah, flew but, from the Bahamas and pissed in a cup in front of them, supposedly. I don't think cocaine stays in your system that long. That's not that impressive. All you have no, to do they is had a list. Some... They said that it would have. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's got. If, there's a trick or something. I'm sure so that it doesn't show. Well, up. maybe he's not. Maybe he's just crazy. Do maybe you want to hear? Not even high. Do you want to hear audio from this morning? Is on the Today Show. Yes. Delivering the freaking goods. I'm gonna get a Charlie Sheen impression. I'm, I'm working on it. Sounds decent, right? No, that's really good. It's, it's on its way. It's on its way. <laughs> it's on its way. I'm tired of pretending I'm not living the perfect freaking life. Video. It's called winning. <laughs> the only drug I'm on is Charlie Sheen. 
<laughs> you got Dude, your I sniffle after it. I'm here with the goddesses. No, that, that one was good. That was not good. I, mean, I need to hear them, and then I'll do it. I, it's like I need to hear people. There's only a few. I'm not a good impressionist. I'm only good for, like, Joey Diaz. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a, there's a few people, cocksucker, that I got nailed. I know where to go. I know how to fucking talk like them. Like, Alex Jones. I can do Alex Jones. Charlie, okay, Charlie. Basically, you're clean, and you've been clean now for two years. I'm tired of pretending I'm not delivering the freaking goods. <laughs> fucking hilarious, dude. I need to I need to put it all together with some material. Hey, isn't Sheen a nine one one? Yes. Oh yeah, a truther. He's uh, gone as far as. Hold on one second, there, real quick, while we get over this, because this is interesting. Uh, he's gone as interesting. He's gone as far as to write a fake question and answer with Obama, where he. It looked like an interview with Obama when I first read it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then it gets to the end, and then he tells you that it's fiction, and wouldn't it be amazing if he, he actually had the opportunity to sit down with President Obama and talk to him about this? <laughs> <clears throat> I'm thinking Charlie Sheen might be a government agent. This whole thing might just be his way of being a patriot and really discrediting the 911 truther movement. Uh. And what he's doing is he's just banging all these whores for America. That's what I'm thinking. And all the coke and all the whores and all the erratic behavior is really just to make the 911 truther movement look ridiculous. This is what I think, man. <laughs> that is a, I think that's high, like 99% probably. Mostly, likely. Yeah, totally. I'm just tired of pretending I'm not living the perfect freaking life. Just no, deliver, that, delivering the goods at every turn. He, he's, uh, he's, he's trim drunk. He's faking the whole thing, man. He's an agent. He's working for America. Well, this 9-11 truther movement can really f fuck up the foundation of this country. Erode confidence in the base. And so when Charlie Sheen goes out there on a deep end in Bahamas with a suitcase full of heroin with different color socks on, you know, I mean, Charlie Sheen is out there doing it. Like 30 years ago, the CIA was like, get me a baby Estevez. We're going to train him. <laughs> we're going to get him huge. That's what we're going to do. We're going to start him off super legit. Yeah. Oliver Stone movies, Platoon, yes. Wall Street. He's going to be a fucking huge, successful mainstream actor. Then massive just whores and drugs and, and then a rebirth on television. And once we get him on television, then we've hit the final phase. Okay? Yeah. Because when he's on television, then he's in the people's homes. And he's a little right. bit humbled because he's not a movie star anymore, right? I mean, now he's a television star. It's not quite the same. So he's not as, he's not, you know, he's already lost a little bit of credibility. Maybe he's already sliding. You know, but then you hear he's making millions of dollars a week and he's blowing and doing crazy things. Well, well now Charlie Sheen's out of control. So then you got to say, well, okay, why is Charlie Sheen into the 9-11 truth movement? Why is he doing that? Because Charlie Sheen works for the government. It's a perfect plot. You really think they would pay him $2 million a week for that shitbag fucking show? That show's goddamn terrible. That show is a goddamn atrocity. Of course they don't pay him $2 million a week. This is just the mainstream news reports right. what the CIA tells them to report. Yep. Okay, I'm in there working for America. At every freaking turn. I gotta tell you, man, if you watch that show, I can believe it because that has to be one of the most miserable shows I've ever seen. There is but something yeah, about working at, like, I said this about Grace Under Fire. When Remember when Brett Butler had that TV show, Grace yeah. Under Fire? Brian, what the fuck are you doing, son? Do you got your whole shit on autoplay. 
Anyway, when Brett Butler um, was on that um, show, Grace Under Fire, and she started going nutty, like throwing fucking glasses of water in people's faces. Right. And scream. I, I heard a lot of shit. Like, that was when I was on... Um, Hardball, the first sitcom that I was on. It was like f- even before news radio when she was going nutty, just like screaming at people. Like she, <clears throat> she, she, it was infamous. There's one thing where they, I believe they canceled the show. This was the, the infamous statement that she said in front of like a table read. If you fuck your wife the way you write comedy, no wonder why you're divorced. <laughs> she apparently said that like at a table read in front of network executives and all these people. And threw something at him. And that's one of the, the great, the great uh, getting shows canceled, screaming uh, right. rants. I've heard two good ones. Chris Titus is a good one, and then this one. But Chris Titus is a nice guy, so I won't say his over there. You got to have to ask him about that. But man, you got to look at like I think that if you look at how being an American celebrity carries with it this bizarre psychological danger because a pretty large percentage of our celebrities go fucking insane. Well, when you're working on something bad, you're you're miserable, you know? And when you're a good comic, like Brett Butler, as crazy as that bitch was, was a good comic. She was yeah. a, a legit stand-up comic. <clears throat> and if you're doing some show that you know is just not good, you know? Like, she was a Bill Hicks fan. Right. You know, she was in the Bill Hicks documentary about him talking about how great he was. You know, it's like, she she's, you know, she was stuck. She was stuck making a fuckload of money on something that's absolutely terrible. And that's some soul-stealing shit. Right. Like Tim Allen. Think about Tim Allen, okay, was a legit stand-up comic at one point in time. And literally quit it all for that show. Did his show. Did his tool time show. Right. Or whatever the fuck it was called. Brown, we got you one right here. What are you looking No, I was going to turn this off. Why are you going to do that? You can hear it through the whole thing. Who gives a shit? Folks, you hear that thing? It's called a refrigerator. Don't go crazy. Okay? <laughs> Problem is, we did that before, and then we never plug it back in. Then all my food goes bad, and my pot soda gets warm. That's what I put in front of you, son, if you're feeling really fucking frisky. Where? I didn't know that. I thought this was ginger grass. No, no, no. No, no, no. I was ignoring that for Let's go deep juice. Oh, great. Can we hear the interview? Yes. Let's hear some Charlie Sheen. Um, I don't blame Charlie Sheen. The show he's on sucks. There's a reason why he's doing drugs. Okay? That's what I have to say. I said this about Brett Butler back in 94. Let's hear. Call him passionate angel Charlie Sh- Men star took his yes to pull any punches. Here we go. I'm tired of pretending like I'm not special. I'm tired of pretending like I'm not pitching a total freaking rock star from Mars. And uh, people can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. The troubled actor also Whoa. said he wants a raise from two million to three million an episode. You want to? You want to raise? Well, yeah. Look what they put me through. When it comes to any apologies from Sheen, he says CBS execs shouldn't hold their breath. Do you owe CBS an apology? No. They owe me a big one, publicly, while licking my feet. But in his interview with Good Morning America, Charlie said he's clean, yeah. sort of. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I am on a drug. It's called Charlie Sheen. Um, it, uh, it's not available, because if you try it once, you will die. Your face will melt off, and your children will weep over your exploded body. Not so sure that's working for you, Charlie. He's amazing, the most amazing guy ever. Wait a minute. Pause. Back that up to the beginning of the interview, and let's go over this again, shall we? Yeah. As Duncan Trussell, professional stand-up comedian, and I break down the brilliance that is the man, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen, let's hear it. Tired of pretending that I'm not special. Let's hear that again. Yes to morning TV, oh starting goodness. with the Today Show. And he didn't pull any punches. Tired of pretending like I'm not special. Mm. I'm tired of pretending like I'm not bitching a total freaking rock star from Mars. Pause, and, uh, please, pause. 
trying to pretend I'm not special. Did he say bitchin'? Bitchin', a total rock star from, from Mars. Mars. I need to listen to that a bunch of times and get it get it down. Trying to pretend I'm not special. Okay, let's for a second though. And and by the way, I I, I kind of feel vile about getting the the way everyone gets sucked into this shit. Because, like, it's just gross when the locusts swarm. Shut the fuck up. And Listen, this is awesomeness. 100% pure, unadulterated. There's no need okay. to make excuses. Okay, okay. This is one of the greatest right. occurrences in modern pop culture. Okay, yeah, you got a right. fucking guy who makes $2 million a year, or a week, rather, and he's imploding in front of everybody with coke and whores and braggadocious so, yeah, that, behavior. What, okay, so what... Let's just say, even though he seems to think he's not on any drugs... What drug is is that cocaine? That's you're definitely there? cocaine. Fuck. Whatever. You just he's look on. at his face and see he's on cocaine, man. So he's co starting to look like a skeleton. He looks completely wired. I'll yeah. give that. He, he looks he like Lohan. He looks wired. He or looks, meth or something or it could be meth. I, I think that's just. But cokes. I think meth. I meth think like piles of coke. Yeah, you think? Yeah. Well, if they if he if he pause if he tested negative for radar online, I don't think you need more than three days clean. I think three days and you you'll test negative, right. especially if you take cleansers and drink water. So that doesn't mean shit. You know, what, when did he test? Monday? Especially Today? when you're Charlie know. Sheen, you just go, hey, I'm going to give you $4 million, make this test right. And I'm like, okay. No. That's dumb. He could be manic depressive. Like, he could be <clears throat> man. Like, that could, That sounds like someone in a, have, it's someone having either a drug-induced manic episode or just a manic episode because their brain's fucked up from all the blow and it's start, they're starting to melt Well, what's down. amazing about it is there's two things. One, I wish he was a guy who was doing this that wasn't obviously insane. You know, it would yeah, be so too. cool if he was just really having fun, you know. and But it's the, the way he's doing it that he doesn't realize how that's going to come off. He's like, I'm tired of pretending I'm not special. I'm tired of pretending I'm not delivering the freaking goods. I'm a, a rock star from Mars. Mars. You know, like, whoa, what are you talking a about? Because you're, rock star you're good Mars. at pretending. Like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, you should be weirded out by the fact that you have any success. Anybody that's a, a performer that's not weirded out by the fact that, how the fuck did I get to do this for a living? You know, you think you're special? No one who does stand up or acting or yeah. music is truly special. They're just people that may accomplish special things, and the reason why they're doing it is because they're on a path, and they, they get on it, and then they get better, and then they, they tune into it, and they figure it out, and that might be special, like achieving that level of, of proficiency with, with music or with comedy or with acting or with anything. That is kind of special, it's kinda, but the person that's doing it, is, it's just because he kept going. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, you're not special. The most talented person ever is not really a special person. The, the acts that they may achieve sure. by whatever, for whatever reason, whether it's because they're missing some sort of a, a social thing, you know, like some people don't get nervous around other people and they can, they can open themselves up because of whatever weirdness that happened to them in their childhood. Or some people just have this unbelievably exorbitant need for attention that expresses itself in this really powerful, dramatic performance style, right. you know, that they can just really do something that really rocks you and moves you because they need you to love them that much yeah. but at the end of the day even the most amazing whatever it's just a fucking person and anybody like charlie that really starts thinking they are special yeah i mean i don't know how much of him is just bullshitting or how much of it is just him being on fucking xanax or whatever the hell he's on but the, but the when, when you start thinking that you actually are special do you think he's just fucking around also could be. I mean, I, I think about it. Like, it doesn't look like you, though. You know, looks, a lot of people don't care about the fucking media and what the, the news things. They, and he's probably just sitting there getting high laughing about this all, whole thing, probably. Don't you think? I don't think he's taking any of this shit seriously. I mean, the drugs, Charlie Sheen, do you really think he's thinking that? I think he's sick. 
You, you kidding me? You don't think there's something wrong with him? I think he's a These interviews. Uh, yeah, no. He, he seems a little uh, no. on the but erratic These side. interviews are erratic, bro. These, these, these are not interviews by a man who has calculated and, and gone out there and decided, you know, I, I'm going to act like a loon for a goof. Yeah. That's not what you got going on here. Hey, Charlie Sheen's not that good an actor, okay? There's no way. This is, this is, Hot this shots, is, man. you got an issue now. There's, there's an issue with him. Like, back that up a little bit and let's listen to that one more time. Tired of pretending like I'm not pitching a total freaking rock star from Mars and uh, people can't figure me out. They can't process me. I don't expect them to. You can't process me with a normal brain. The troubled actor also Keep said it going. Keep it going. And he wants a raise from two million to three million an episode. You want to, you want a raise? Well, yeah, look what they put me through. When it comes to any apologies from Sheen, he says CBS execs shouldn't hold their breath. Do you owe CBS an apology? No, they owe me a big one, publicly, while licking my feet. But in his interview with Good Morning America, Charlie said he's clean, yeah. sort of. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I am on a drug, it's called Charlie Sheen. Um, it, uh, it's not available, because if you try it once, you will die. Your face will melt off, and your children will weep over your exploded body. <laughs> I almost... I he's hope so he's fucking around. Dude, he's not fucking around. I think he's just having fun. I am, I'm Charlie Sheen. I like hookers and porn. I'm just going to make a mockery of this whole entire fucking bullshit. Well, there's a little bit of that for sure, but there's also the words he's saying. That's those are the words of an insane man. But somebody needs to animate a guy smoking some Charlie Sheen and his body blowing up and his kids coming up and weeping over the corpse because that's hilarious. We love when someone's off the deep end like this. That's we love what, it. Well, Society, we love it. Lohan. Yeah. No, this is way better than Lohan. Dude, this it, is Lohan if she had a brain and she could talk. Lohan's just good. slurring and stumbling that's around. Good. She, did she didn't good do effort. shit, dude. Good this effort. is a thousand times better. This is an archetype and this archetype shows up in religion. It shows up in culture. Not to take it too deep, but it's the idea of uh, God coming to earth and his followers eating him. Dionysus, Jesus, it happens again and again. This is a recurring thing, and that's what we do. We get people really famous, we turn them into like, we worship them, we call them idols, and then we fucking kill them. I got news for you, bro. Nobody worships Charlie Sheen. I bet they do. <laughs> that's <laughs> hilarious. No, there are a few. There's a few like, you no, know, you get confused that, two yeah. and a half Ben star fa oh, uh, fans sure out there. I'm sure he's flooded every day with messages from weird, mediocre people. That's why he's tired of pretending he's not special. Yeah. That's where it gets to your, it's a freaking like rock star from Mars. Especially when you're generating that much fucking money, it's got to get to your. He, he, he probably was sick of that show, and he's just sabotaging himself to get off that fucking show. I don't know <laughs> about that, dude. That's what th I was this wondering. This is going to carry. Like this is going to carry on much further than that. There's obviously some sort of a a, a bad relationship between him and the guy who's the executive producer right. of the show. But that's What's that really guy's normal. Name? I don't know. I can't remember. But, yeah, that's really normal though. That shit happens all the time. I've seen it happen. There's always a battle of egos between the talent. No way, really? I I unplugged that fucking thing. I swear to God, sure I did. did. Don't answer it. I have to. I'm in your house. Ringing. I'm calling you from your house. Uh, Joe pretty much cock blocked us for the Ch Charlie Sheen interview, though. Please. <laughs> uh, you could still get him. So, Duncan, how's your podcast doing? Doing good. Yeah, it's doing good. Uh, it's the doing Lavender good. Hour on iTunes. Yeah. It's one of my... F I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I listen to yours just because I, I fucking love anything you do, obviously. But, but you and Natasha work so well together. and We guys, just had my friend uh, Emil on the show, and he told me one of the most horrifying stories I've ever heard in my life. What? 
he almost got raped while he was on acid. He what? tells this story on the podcast, but it's just the most... Uh, and this is the Lavender Hour. Which episode is it? This one, I haven't put it up yet. I'm, I'm going to put it up. It just happened. It's just my friend. It was my friend. He was this musician in a band called Ohm, which is an awesome fucking band, and the Holy Sons. But basically, he just tells a story about getting in the back of his friend's car while he's on acid. He kind of knew this guy. didn't know him that well. And his friend's car, the sides of it had been greased. Like he, oh yeah, so yeah. That you, you told so me So if about you were this. struggling in the back, what? Yeah, yeah. And so he's just starting to trip, and in his mind, he's like, "Okay, I'm pro- I'm probably being paranoid. This guy didn't like intentionally grease this fucking car." And the guy pulls up into this house, uh, and he's like, "I just got to do a quick drug deal." And he goes into the house, and Emil goes into the house with him. I guess he didn't want to sit in the car; he's stuck in the car. He goes in the fucking house. This guy takes him into a back room where there's a dude in full a full Michael Jackson costume and on the wall is a picture of Janet Jackson naked with candles around it like a shrine. What? Whoa. Yeah, and and his friend You sure this wasn't all pat part of the acid trip and he was really just sitting no, on the couch like no, watching this happened two and a half men? This happened. And then like one of the guys started like dancing next to him like but there's no music playing and he's doing like air dancing and then both the guys leave for a second and come back and they're like standing right next to him air dancing and then the guy pressed play on a cd player and started playing loser by beck and looking on the wall there's all these fucking posters on the wall of dudes having three ways and he's like oh look three way three way three way my friend's tripping out they fucking play loser by Beck and start dancing next to him because they're just trying to fuck him. And he said he ran from the house screaming. Wow. He ran from the house screaming. And he said the guy leaned out the window and yelled to him, don't tell anybody. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like he was almost raped. It sounds like he was almost fucked. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a difference there, right? Yeah, that's a good point. There's a distinction, but it's he got mind raped. Uh, that, shit, <laughs> that shit never happens to me anymore. I'm, thank God. I, what does it ever come close? What do you mean ever anymore? No, I'm just kidding. Just being that, that. Can you imagine just walking into that room and seeing somebody dressed up as Michael Jackson? But you got to be careful when happening. you do acid, man. Yeah, you you leave yourself at the mercy of the universe. You <laughs> yes, know? you do. And if you're you're gonna go do acid and then climb in someone's car that you don't know that good, then yeah. go to his house. You, yeah, you're up. You know, or go to the UFC, which or do anything. Do do anything where you're gonna be out there in a, with a bunch of people. I want to know yeah. what Charlie's doing. Right now? What do you oh, I want to know what he's doing. No, no, no. I want to do drug-wise. You know, and all these girls are saying cocaine. I believe it. I'm sure it's cocaine. It's, well, one thing I'm sure it's just 100% It's, it's obviously an amphetamine. It's like maybe Adderall. Maybe he's taking Adderall. Yeah, on top of it. Maybe he's I bet he's just kind straight of old school. Yeah. Speed. A lot of people are on Adderall. It's the you know best. That? But people are on it. Like Fitzsimmons is on it every day. Oh, really? Takes it every day. Yeah. He's I learned how to code an action script on Adderall. <laughs> is that good, though? Action script? Sucks. <laughs> 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 no, Adderall's a great trick. It's like scientists like studied cocaine and they were like, they came up with a, a, a wonderful version of it. It's great. I took, I took half of one recently. My first time I ever did it. Took half of one. It was great. Took the second half. I felt like I was like too much cocaine. Like, you know, yeah. you start doing the mouth like thing coke. and you, you have the drips and stuff. It felt like all that. It was horrible. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty intense drug. And I know people are taking it. I guess it gets prescribed for... Attention deficit disorder. Yeah, right. yeah. And it it does. It focuses you. What's the name of that drugs that make you smarter? What's that called? Nootropics. Is that what that is? 
Nootropics. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. I love the idea that they're going to come out with a pill that you're going to be able to take and get super smart. Well, what they are, they do have right now, they have supplements that aid the function of the brain, you know, that help you, supposedly help you retain memories and help right. get blood flow to the brain. I don't, Is you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's studies that have been done on certain substances that they've showed some sort of a, a cognitive cognitive advantage in using them. Um, Chris, Chris Marcus, the guy who, uh, from the Fleshlight, him and I are putting together like a little pack. We're going to try it out. And what we're doing is like putting together a pack of all the best shit, all the stuff that's supposed to be like really good for your brain and put it in a pack so that you don't have to go buy 20 fucking bottles of oh, things cool. and sort it all that's out yourself. Cool. Yeah. And so for the lazy wannabe smart people, <laughs> you, you can just buy these. That's awesome. But yeah. what's he going to do if now no one wants to buy a Fleshlight because they're too smart? He quit the Fleshlight. Oh, yeah. he, he did? He quit. Yeah. He, he left and it's his... his uh, it's his birthday business. today, by the way. Happy birthday, man. Oh, yeah, Monday. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, bitch. Happy birthday, bitch. So well, we're going to come up with some. So we'll find out. We're going to try them and test them out and see what the, you know. It's it's one of those weird things, though. It's like, how do you know, you know, like I, I take vitamins. And the only way I know that vitamins help me is when I don't take them. Mm-hmm. If I don't take I've done that before. Like, I took right. a couple of weeks off vitamins and I felt like flat and everything. I just yeah. didn't feel as vibrant. Right. And then I started taking the vitamins again. And then within a week I was like, whoa, I feel like good again. Like right. this has got to be the vitamins. It must be. Definitely. You know, it makes sense. I mean, you're supposed to be eating vegetables all fucking day. Yep. You know, you're not supposed to be eating cheeseburgers and soda and whatever the fuck you're eating. Red Bull. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the amount of vitamins that you're supposed to get as opposed to what you do get. And when you do give yourself what you need, like, man, it's just everything feels clean. Like it's working smooth yeah so i don't know we're gonna try this out and if it works you know if it's uh, if it becomes uh, something that's uh, that's interesting we'll start selling it is that something you have to get like like i mean does he have to have like a, some kind of license to do this or good is question. it like the supplement thing you could pretty much do whatever you want to do well it's not a the, the thing about it being like uh you know it's not like they're not regulated like the food and drug administration it's not fda regulated right. you know it's like that's one right. of the problems with supplements they can say they do a lot of things that they don't really do right you know it's it's hard to tell you know it's hard to tell what the fuck is weird weird and and then or mixing what's fake. shit yeah and then at one point in time they were going to call them uh nutrient pharmaceuticals and they were going to uh, have them prescribed it was a, a big push that the pharmaceutical companies did i think it was in the 90s to try to uh, take over the vitamin business when they saw that all these people were spending all this money on homeopathic right. you know cures and vitamins and stuff like that and health things they said well hey you know we'll just fucking lock that shit down too like monsanto is gonna fucking you know put a patent on vitamin c and yeah. the only way you get vitamin c is from monsanto you know i mean that's not uh, outside the realm of possibility with corporate america the way what they done with food in this country for folks that don't know you know you got to watch um the, some of the documentaries that are available on monsanto and see what they've done what they, they've basically done is they've genetically modified food so that it doesn't doesn't have the same effect uh when you spray pesticides on it, it doesn't get killed by the same bugs it, they, they have a bunch of different things that they've done to various plants but once they have this genetically modified seed you owe them money Okay, this is how it works. You can't just grow plants and then take the seeds from those plants and grow new plants. You're not allowed to do that. It's illegal. You have to buy a new set of seeds from them, and you own those seeds just for that season. You you buy them, you know, right. you buy them to use them. It's like you lease them. And then this is where you owe the money because their seeds go in the air, you know, the cross-pollination, and they fucking fly off and, and land in some other guy's field, and he starts growing Monsanto genetically modified food. And then they come in, and they go, hey, you got our fucking corn growing, bitch. Right. You owe us money. 
and they just take your money. I mean, it becomes like a, a crazy legal battle with these poor fucking farmers. Right. And, you know, and with, you know, they, you could say that some of them might have stole the seeds. That's possible. But with a lot of them, it's been proven that it's just cross-pollination. And so then it becomes a real trip because these people might be organic farmers, too. They don't want this mutant freak fucking genetically modified food growing right. on their soil. Monsanto is trying to, they're trying to not just do that with uh, food, but they're trying to do that with animal food. They're trying to do that with pigs. Like they're, they're, they're patenting pig parts. Right. You know, they're genetically modifying pigs and then they're going to patent those pig parts. But the problem is like, there's all this debate about them doing that because they're saying you're, you're patenting things that have already existed for like a million years. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. You can't do that. You can't just patent fucking parts of animals and shit. Like you're going to make a, can you make an animal that you own? Like you own the patent to it. And then like, what, what if you want to commit genocide on the animal that you own? Are you yeah. allowed to just do that? Just shut them all off? You created it. It's yours. It's artificial. Supposedly, Mon Monsanto according to sounds like the same company that made RoboCop. <laughs> <laughs> like they're gonna unleash some terrible thing on the world. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing, man. They filed an invention. They they filed a patent for the new invention, the pig. This is an article on Greenpeace. It's fucking crazy, man. It's very weird, man. Wait. They called their invention the pig? No, it's a joke. I mean, that's the the, oh, the, the joke title of this, you know, but their their patent plans. They, uh, they're Nothing out to tastes own the better than food Monsanto supply. pig. They're out to own the world's food supply, man. And they can, they can, you know, it's just amazing that it's gotten to this point where they've let anybody put any sort of a patent on life. Yeah. And I understand that once you start to alter that life, then it becomes a real question. Like, well, you know, I mean, you're, you're really, I mean, in a sense, you're sort of playing God. You're, you're genetically sure. modifying the, the, the structure of a plant to your liking. And then you own a patent on that piece of life. I mean, it's not, you're pat we're allowing people to patent life. And it's, if it sounds ridiculous with a pig, well, guess what? It's just as ridiculous with a fucking head of lettuce, all right? It's all ridiculous. But a patent is, you know, the, the thing about it is, is the most disturbing thing is the idea of some corporation just for profit meddling around with the DNA of things that haven't been meddled with for a very long time. That's bizarre. That's much more bizarre than the patent because a patent is just an imaginary thing anyway. Yeah, well, what's what's really scary about it is the idea that they can stop other people from from growing it. They can stop other people from having it. You I'm know? I'm I'm too I must be naive right now because I this shit going on in Egypt and Libya it makes me think that the corporate bullshit like that is just such a uh, is a pipe dream. They, they 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 will invoke things like that, and there'll be a period of time where the belt gets too tight. But I just don't think it works. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Egypt and what's going on in Libya and what's going on in Iran, but I don't think anything really happens without the CIA being involved. Yeah, that's I, I agree with that. I don't think these things just start happening. I think someone, some fucking dude who yeah. you know works for America is over there and he's helping organize shit and get people. And not to take anything away from the heroic effort that these people have done, you know, especially in Egypt. I mean, Mubarak is gone, you know, and in Libya right now they're getting gunned down the street. There's videos. I've seen a bunch of I them online do. of people getting hit by snipers. Yeah. It's fucking dark shit, man. They're just blowing dudes' heads off yeah. in the middle of the streets. Yeah. Not to take anything away from that. I, I mean, these people really are doing something courageous, but for sure there's some influence there. For sure. Our government's involved in everything. I think that our government does not want what's happening in the Middle East to be happening. And really? And if, if there are people out there, if there's some conspiracy, no, because you've got fucking... 
uh, right after uh, right after everything went down in Egypt, they were showing pictures of Mubarak on, on mainstream press as though he we were kind of a good guy. I mean, it's so cool to watch mainstream news because it's like they have to spend a few days deciding what tone they're going to take with it. And when the Egyptian revolution started, the United States government didn't come out and do much at all because they were waiting to see if they would be able to push them down, to hold them down. You know, and then they kind of came out in, in favor of the people, but they had to. But there's pictures of Obama meeting with him, uh, many presidents meeting with him. He was, I think he was already ours. I don't think we wanted to get rid of him. I think we liked him right where he was at. But, you know, how do you know, though? It's all speculation. He might have, like, run his course because at one point in time we wanted Hussein in there. You know, Hussein was our boy. Donald Rumsfeld shaking his hand is a famous photo. You know, he was our guy over there when they were at war with Iran. I mean, unless, I mean, our, our guy, listen to me. There's there's no way to like. Our team. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, this is some, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm such a fucking new age hippie sometimes. Like, you know, with 2012 coming up and, and the acceleration of technology, what I like to think of this as is the beginning of people having the ability to organize themselves in a way that's never been possible in human history, mixing in with the ability to get information that you could never get. So that motivates people to revolt against uh, liars. And that's what the internet's doing, just showing who the fucking liars are out there. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I definitely think it's that as well. I definitely think that, you know, the social media and, you know, using Facebook and Twitter to get messages out to where we're going to protest and where we're yeah. going to meet. And that they can, I mean, that's one of the first things they did in Egypt. And one of the first things they did in Libya is cut off their, their supply to the Internet. They cut off their connection first to the world. Thing. But, you know, I, I mean, how much, I mean, don't think that the CIA is and fucking super savvy about that kind of shit, too. You know, I mean, because of course they are. I, and I'm not saying that it's, this isn't, you know, it's not possible that it's just a, a plain old-fashioned revolt. I just think that the United States is so clever about, you know, the foreign policy and how they interfere with other countries yeah. that they're, they don't ever allow anything to really slip by. You know, when this guy got arrested in Pakistan for shooting down some people who tried to rob him and then turned out the guy was a CIA operative that was embedded into the system over there. Right. You know, when you find out stuff like that, it's like, wow, how many of these guys are there? You know, how right. many? You know, I have a buddy, and I've talked about it before. He doesn't like talking about it, but his dad was uh, in the CIA. He didn't find out until he was fucking 30 years old. Wow. He didn't know. He thought his, he thought his dad was a banker. Wow, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a trip, you know. It's interesting, you know. It's very interesting. Who well, knows? I think that what happens is something like this goes down. They have, like, they, they had statistics. They probably had think tanks who were like, Here's a, there's a possibility that this is going to happen in the Middle East. And when it happens... Here's our plan. We know this guy out there, this guy out there, this guy out there. Then let's move in to try to, to um, uh, make the situation to our advantage. But I, I'm, a, I'm skeptical for no reason other than it just seems like this doesn't work with my understanding of the way uh, Empire likes to run. Uh, it, it's my opinion that this is a, the people doing this. More than Could it be. is a, a CIA instigated thing. And I think even if it was a CIA instigated thing, it might have turned into something they didn't expect. Because really, the, the one thing we don't want over there is for, uh, what's it called? A hege hege hegemony? We, we don't want the fucking, uh, it to become a theocracy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We don't want that. Right. And that's then, another thing that I was concerned about. I'm sorry. But yeah. this Muslim Brotherhood thing that we keep hearing about lately. 
you know? Yeah, who are they? What the fuck is this? Where's yeah. it? How is this just coming up How do up they now? just come, appear this in the like, comic book? This is like an episode of Lost where they <laughs> there's the last season and, you know, they have yeah. to introduce some new character and this new magic guy. Yeah. That's one, one of the reasons why I fucking gave up on Lost the last season when they started bringing people back from yeah. the dead and Jack started yeah. walking through his lines. Yeah. That fuck. I'm ne- I'll never watch anything with yeah, that guy. Yeah, until you see the end and figure out, uh, oh, it all makes uh, sense. Uh, no, it doesn't because I don't, they don't get me. You don't get me. You ruined me, Jack. You fuck. You fucking goofball walking through all your scenes. He just was mad that he wasn't like a super cool guy anymore like he was in the beginning of the show. The beginning of the show, Jack was the bomb diggity. He had yeah. a great character. He was an amazing guy. Yeah. He was out there doing it. He was a fucking hero. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I bet that actor pissed people off by being a cunt. Yeah. And they slowly started making him a cunt. It is, it is you know, it became a junkie yeah. and a failure and a zero. Like his character like went into the shitter yeah. hard in yeah. a way that you would never have expected from like the first season. Like what the hell did that guy do? He's probably having the an scenes? affair with one of the writers. No. Broke up with her or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just they get to know your real personality after a while. Yeah. And they just start incorporating your, your douchiness into the script. You know? <laughs> Because I know they, they do that on, on shows all the time. They do that on shows all the time, and people complain. Apparently, like, that girl, uh, what's her name, Catherine Hegel, that's in, like, all those romantic movies that make you want to fucking hurl. Yeah. The, the movie with Josh Duhamel, when they have to, a kid together, they're not really, they're really the real uh, parents, and they I fell in love. <laughs> well, she was on that show, um, what the fuck is that stupid show with uh, Dr. McDreamy, whatever the fucking, what is it? You know Grey's that, Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy, what. yeah. And uh, apparently they just fucking, they just started giving her like really shitty parts and not writing her in too much because oh. she started getting an attitude. Right. You know, that happens. It happens. It's, it's, it's Charlie Sheen situation, man. Look what they've done with him. They cut off the last four seasons, the, the last four episodes of the season. They stopped filming. That's going to cost Charlie $8 million. Right. And it's going to cost them a fuckload of money too because they've already sold the advertising for those. They've already like, right. you know, committed to selling them for syndication. This yeah. is a syndicated show. You know, that's a, that's a big loss for them. They're hoping that Charlie pulls it together and then by the time it goes around next year they can add four to next year and then you know and make up for what they owe so this is basically like for the corporations this is the same thing as when like a Roman emperor had a favorite gladiator and the the people loved the gladiator but he got a big head and started going a little crazy yeah that's what this is their little puppet it's kind of like misfiring a little bit. Well, you can't have a successful show without uh, someone being a star. They become right. a star, whether they were a star at first, like Charlie was already, or yeah. whether they become one, like Brett Butler or you know Chris Titus or anybody else. When when you get on a show, you know that's what happens. You get a successful show, and all of a sudden, this one person. I mean, you really do fucking need that one person more than everyone else. I mean, it's yeah. really, and that is a mind fuck. That's a mind fuck, especially for actors, because for a giant chunk of their life. Not necessarily with Charlie Sheen. He was pretty much instantly successful. But for most actors, it's a long series of failures and disappointments and rejections. And then finally you make it with something and you have a fucking chip on your shoulder for all those people that caused you pain. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with famous dudes that will talk about, still to this day, about horrible fucking casting sessions that they had. Horrible, you know, auditions where it went wrong and, you know, all the scuffling around and all the humiliating auditions that they had to go on. You know, it's like fucking, you know, people, they, they get in there 
and they, they, you know, they become famous and they just want to get back at all those people that hurt them all that time. Yeah. They, it's like they needed all that absor- exorbitant amount of attention. They needed to be fucking special. And everyone was saying, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're yeah. not. No, you're normal. No, you're not good enough. No, fuck yeah. you. And then finally you become famous. And you're like, yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. It's like this bounce back. The other direction is so enormous because of yeah. how much is pushing, pushing them down in the beginning, you know, how they feel. Well, it's, you know, man, when you run into an actor or a comedian or anybody who seems proud of themselves, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. just, it's automatically so disappointing because it's like, oh, you think you're the thing that's making this. You right. think you're, you really think you're responsible. You th- And that's the most... It's like a radio thinking that it's awesome for playing a song. Or a volcano thinking it's awesome for the lava that comes spraying out of it. It's like, yeah, you're kind of like... You're, you're, you're a conduit. You're a conduit. You're not the fucking thing, man. Yeah. Whenever you see... That sounds ridiculous to people that don't create things, though. If right. you talk to a person who's not creative, doesn't write a lot or perform a lot, they really don't have any idea what you're talking about. You know, And most people out there are not... You know, they don't make the living a living being creative. They a lot of people never achieve that Zen right. state where whatever you you've gotten good at it, whether it's art or music or you know, I mean, even dance. They say that, and martial arts. They say that it's anything that you get really good at. You get into this sort of zone where it's no longer you. It's like you've practiced yeah. it enough to the point where you can become subconscious, and then once you do it, it's like you're just tuning in. You're tuning in to whatever the fuck it is out there that makes things awesome. Yeah. And people don't understand that. They don't do it. It's, it sounds like such an ethereal, ridiculous notion, but it's so widely accepted. You know, the, the, the concept of the muse, you know, it's so widely sure. accepted that you're getting these ideas from somewhere else. That's why, I mean, when you say, you know, I'm trying to pretend I'm not special. I'm trying to pretend I'm not a freaking rock star from Mars. You know, when he when he had, yeah. says shit like that, like that is the exact opposite of the true creative mindset. Like you cannot tune in to the greatness of the universe if you really believe that unless it's performance art. And then it's fucking brilliant. I mean, right. If he's, if he's really doing it, his own Coen Brothers. Movie, sure. Well, know, yeah. Then, yeah. Me. I always I don't know how many times I've watched an asshole on TV and in the back of my head thought if this was performance art. This would be the greatest artist of all time. Yeah. You know, performance art turns everything into... Yeah, but don't you guys... Aren't you guys more skeptical when you see people like Brody Stevens, where the normal person will see Brody Stevens and go, well, that person is just fucking crazy and angry mad, but then you talk to him backstage and you're like, oh, I get it. He is being almost like a character of himself. No, Brody's so obviously a character, dude. It's so obvious no, he's on most stage. People that think, most people that see Brody think that that's, that's him. Yeah, I think there's a big difference between Brody Stevens and Charlie Sheen. There's a huge difference between how they're doing it. Yeah, so one obvious. of them Brody's telling jokes, man. <laughs> and Brody's I mean going, Brody. Yeah, Brody's going, I was over there in Iraq. Okay? I, I was there. I was in Desert Storm. Yeah, I was an Iraqi soldier, but that's neither here or there. It's <laughs> yeah. really obvious he's joking. Man. It's really obvious. Well, look at that. What's, what's his name? The redneck comic that's not, you know, that's the whole character. With the big guy that's on the tour with... Uh, get Her Done? Yeah, Get Her Done guy. That guy is a complete character. But if yeah. you, most people think that's exactly him. I thought it right, was Right, but him. that's just a good character, dude. There's a difference between that and an angry person. An angry, crazy person. He's not acting crazy. He's just being a character. Yeah, you know? he's funny, man. Brody is like... Brody's someone where if you no matter what's happening, if you're around him, something funny's happening. Like he has a constant gravity of absurd, hilarious things happening. Either things that he's making happen or just 
stuff that happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't just think of him as being this, you know, like it's not like uh, watching an asshole, you know, and saying, you know, is this guy faking it? It's like it's obvious he's faking it. It's fun. You know, it's fun to watch. What's when you watch something like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you see um, fucking Kelsey Grammer's ex-wife? Holy shit! Yeah. What a reprehensible yeah. human being. Yeah. What a lizard person. Yeah. What a just a creepy, Terrible manipulative, thing. nasty little dried up hooker. Holy yeah. shit, yeah. she scares me. Yeah, like almost like a demon. Like almost yeah. like some low level demon yeah. like like in the in the upper upper echelons of hell, just like some nasty death worm. And she goes on Howard Stern and starts talking shit about Kelsey Grammer. You know, when meanwhile you were married to him for how long? You have children with him, yeah. and your children are gonna hear you talking shit about him. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna go on the Stern Show just so you can get some press for your fucking shitty Beverly Hills housewife thing, and you're gonna sacrifice all these years of this relationship, the intimacy that you guys shared. You're just gonna blurt that out. Like you're a piece of shit. Yeah. You're not a 20 year old girl that's making a mistake. You're some 40 year old hooker that's cashing in her chips, you know, and talking about how she wants more. You know, I want, I want all his money. I want this. He left me. He left me. Like, well, what did they have to deal with while he was with you? Yeah. You fucking monster. That's a price you pay, man. For all those people. There's a, um, I, I did Us Magazine. You know, I used to do those. Uh, me and Chris McGuire, we used to do these uh, things where you look at the way people are dressed and you, you write things about it. You know, you write like little quotes about it. And I'll never forget this one guy. It was uh, Kelsey Grammer standing there with Camille when she was in her prime. You know, it's when she was a Playboy playmate. She was way too hot for him. And the, the, the quote underneath it said, it's a story as old as time. That's all the guy said, like whoever the writer was that said that. And I was like, bingo, you just nailed it. You don't right. even you don't even have to pretend. Here's this ugly, goofy looking fuck, you know, who just happens to be rich and famous. And he's with this vapid super hottie. You know, ba-bang, there it is, ta-da, and he's so happy with himself. And he will go and do these interviews and talk about how much he loves her and how amazing yeah. it is, and she completes him. <laughs> and then he leaves her for a flight attendant. I mean, it's fucking great stuff. If if she was doing performance art, if she was faking it, you know, it would be absolutely brilliant. Right. But she's not. There's no way she's that good an actress. She would have been fucking Oscar winner right. by now. She right. wouldn't be some 40-year-old lady, you know, with a bunch of 20-year-old boyfriends, and she flaunts on the show. You know, before she was even divorced on the show, that's the thing. I can't believe I'm talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but Why I get not? sucked in. But, uh, before she was even divorced with them, she uh, was hanging out with all these young guys that were her friends, you know, and that drives me fucking bananas. I have friends that have girlfriends that have guy friends, and they'll go and pal around with these guy friends, and I'm like, yo, dude, you know, you need to fucking nip this shit right in the bud. Your girlfriend is hot, and she's hanging around with a bunch of guys that she's been pals with since she moved here to Hollywood two years ago, whatever. She wants to, they want to fuck her, for sure. You know, she might want to be their friend. She might think there's somehow or another to keep this platonic. But any of those weird, creepy situations where you got a girl with a bunch of guy friends, they all want to fuck her. Yeah. All of them. Have yeah. you ever had a girl that was hot that you were friends with that you weren't somehow or another trying to think, how am I going to get to fuck her? How am I going to get to move this into us having sex? My mother. I never once thought that about her. Sorry, it's a bad joke. Sorry. Duncan just went straight red band on us. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> let's let's break this up real quick while we're here because I, I I'm glad you're here because I wanted to talk to you about this. There's a Cornell study that uh, was just. Uh, 
put online, or a lot of people are uh, debating what exactly this means. But what they're saying is that there's there's uh, an error in the orbit of the moon. There's an eccentricity in the orbit of the moon that they think will be um, would be. What are you doing over there, fellow? Toothpicks. Toothpicks. There's uh, an error, an error in the orbit of the moon that they believe um, is going to, um, it's going to be, uh, they believe you can, listen to me, stubborn fucking shit brain from 12 hours in a fucking <laughs> airplane. I'm tired of pretending I'm not de delivering the freaking goods <laughs> at every turn. What they're saying is there's something wrong with the orbit of the moon that can be attributed to a large uh, extrasolar system planet. Like they're thinking there's something out there yeah. that's much, much bigger than Jupiter, about four times the size of Jupiter. And this is this is just one of several things that I've been following over the last uh, couple of months where there's there's a, a bunch of different studies that are talking about this Planet X thing. But apparently it's they're really close to saying that there is something beyond Neptune, beyond, you know, Pluto's not real anymore, but something out there, like way out there, that's four times the size of Jupiter. Some enormous fucking planet. How would we not have seen that? How, how have we missed know. it? I don't know. It's a big question. They don't know. It might be just so fucking far out there. It might be really cold, so we can't see it. You know, they're thinking that this thing is by calling it inside our solar system. I, I, I think what they're saying is that it's more, it's further away from Pluto than Pluto is from us. But yet, it's still in some sort of an orbit, and it's huge, and it's way out there. So this is like this is the Planet X Nibiru thing everyone yes. talks about. Yes. Yes. And what's the idea that it smashes into us every certain amount of time? Or? Well, it depends on who you're asking. I mean, you know, if you if you talk to uh, the people that believe that you know Earth was created this way, and the, you know, that's actually detailed according to Zechariah Sitchin in the Sumerian text. What they think is that that somehow or another this uh, extrasolar planet or this, this planet is on an uh, elliptical orbit, rather. And uh, it takes 3,600 years to uh, come into line with, uh, with Earth. And it comes near us and fucks everything up. And then the Anunnaki jump off and they, they leap right. off their boat onto our boat and go, hey, nice. what's going on over here? And then they come check us out and then make us slaves for a little bit, make us mine for gold and erase our memories and fly back into space. I mean, I don't know what the Whoa. fuck they exactly <laughs> think. But... but you know, when you look at, uh, you know, the what the, the really interesting shit about what they figured out was that they already knew back then, in this, according to Zechariah Sitchin, that Earth had been hit by a large planet, and that's what created the moon. We didn't know that until, like, fairly recently. That's, like, one of the most recent theories. There's Earth 1 and Earth 2, and Earth 1 was hit by something like the size of fucking Mars, some enormous planet. And it created also, it created the asteroid belt. That's another theory about right. that. You know, there's a, there's a giant, this is another thing I, know, I read, I need to find out if this is true or not, but that Bode's law um, is a, a law that you look at the gravity of one planet and you can extrapolate where the next planet will be based on you know how dense the planet is and what the gravity of it is and how, what the mass of it is and it works on every planet in our solar system except for Mars and Jupiter and there should be a planet in between there and that's where the asteroid belt is so the idea is that you know something was there collided what's the Earth. reason why there's not a planet there did they have any no no idea? no no i mean look there's a bunch of theories about why the asteroid belt exists you know and one of them being that it's like some of the early the the fabric of the very solar system that it's just like you know from the forming of the solar system this is like you know some just leftover shit that's there yeah. and then the other one is that it's you know a planet got fucking nailed and just destroyed and became this gigantic belt of rocks and shit 
I believe that. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. The idea that planets, we know this for a fact, that not only do planets slam into each other, but galaxies slam into each other. Right. They hit each other. Sure. Fucking A, man. Could you imagine look up in the sky and every day this like star just keeps getting brighter, you know, and you're some <laughs> asshole caveman. You have no idea what the fuck is really going on. And this thing is coming down yeah. and it's going to slam into the moon and, you know, and kill right. everybody. There's a, there's also there's a lot of theories about the solar system that are really odd, and some of them are that some of the planets that exist now weren't there before, like Saturn. That Saturn is a fairly recent occurrence in the solar system. I mean, it's it sounds like total Where'd complete it come horseshit. From? Star, star exploding or something. Well, you know, the, the idea on on planets that you know, like rogue planets, I guess they get sucked in from they they come from somewhere else and they get sucked into. Um, our solar system and get sucked into our gravity or any other solar system's gravity. And there's a, an interesting thing about this Pluto, uh, this planet that's outside of Pluto, is that they're saying the gravity of this thing, one of the reasons why they they figured out that there's something huge out there, the gravity of this thing is hurling comets in our direction. Weird. <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. You, you never know. Like, the thing that freaks me out is the, uh, what are they called, pulsars? Or they say like a a, a star close enough could have like a super pulse that just flashes hypernova hypernova and we're just dead instantly like you're just driving home and suddenly the sky turns yeah, purple but you drive home and you get a semi hits you you're just dead you know same shit it's kind of different you no know, you both die both things getting you get killed supernova by a, and a semi hitting you in the a face semi and a supernova it's a little well different. for you you're if you're a selfish cunt doesn't think about the whole rest of the world <laughs> Yes, it's the same thing, Brian. And this is just like the whole right, world. It's just like me taking pills. The world will die right now. I'm going to listen to some fucking you Pixies music. Difference. Yeah, you might you might not know the difference, did, or you might. Did you see that new uh, LCD screen that Microsoft uh, announced the other day? Yeah. This is like they, they showed what's in their labs right now, what they're working on, what the future of LCD screens on. It's called a... Uh, st- Steerable auto stereo 3D display. And what's cool is it's like, it's pretty much like a, 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 a surface and you can see the surface. So it's imagine like an iPad on a table, but yeah. really big, kind of like their, their Microsoft surface. I've seen surface. Yeah. So, but now they, you can grab things and it knows how the distance up and down is. And you could do like 3D kind of like, kind oh, of cool. just like the future when you see in the movies where they're like pulling up displays and tapping things and stuff like that. And they have this really cool video. The name of the video is called Applied Sciences Group Smart Interactive Displays Microsoft. So Great name. Yeah, I'll, I'll tweet it. And what's so cool about it? It's just the, the future of, you know, like surfing the internet. Pretty soon you're just going to be like this. Like you're going to pull, take your hand, grab a browser, you know, just sit there and play with like air. Right. And you're going to be able to like just... You know, move things around. It's like it's internet. It's kind of like connect. It's, it's for interactive surface, surfaces. Everything's going to become right. an interactive surface, no matter what it is. Right. You won't be able to sell shit unless it's got like some access to the internet. Right. Everything like this table, everything. But what's cool is the depth of it. And they also in the same video they were showing the future of 3D, where like like where it's. Uh, flashing these lights at your face so fast that you can't even tell so it will give you 3d images without you know the glasses of course but it shows how they do it he, he goes into it and explains and shows how it works and stuff it's a pretty interesting video I'll, I'll post it right now wow it's trippy shit this um this uh this planet thing is really fucking freaking me out man well yeah i mean a lot of the stuff like something that i think about 
all the time is like, how much are we affected by the solar flares in like a sociological way? And it's such a crazy idea, but... Well, it's not if you consider that the moon's orbit affects people's behavior. Yeah. Is that, I mean... They say there's no statistics to back up, you know, like that there's more activity during lunar, uh, you know, lunar right. events. Right. Isn't that true? There's yep. no there's no statistics to back that up. Isn't that true? Uh, I because cops always swear by it. Yeah. No, I think there are. St- I've heard. St- I don't know. I never really investigated him, but I always thought that was true. But if they can figure out that there's a planet deep, deep somewhere in, the, in our galaxy that they don't know about just from the effect that it has on the moon's gravitational field, then that means it must be having an effect on us too. Like if it's literally like some planet far away is so powerful that it's altering the moon a little bit, then it would be effect that same minor pull would be affecting us too. Maybe the storms, you know, maybe the weather. That's well, it certainly does. I mean, look at what, what sun does, just lack of vitamin D. I mean, we know it actually makes something in your body. It actually causes a vitamin to be produced by your body right. that makes you happy, you know, that, that aids in your happiness and your health. And when you don't get that all the time, you know, for long periods of time, people get sick and depressed. Yeah, you know? they, they have, it's called seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's seasonal if you're in a place where, you know, that is is a seasonal event like in right. Boston in Boston the, during the winter people do get depressed and that's why it's, it's called you know Not enough, it's vitamin D deficiency it's a lot of it but it's also just it's Mood. fucking dreary yeah, yeah that's why they have those sunlight effect. lamps that are supposed to help did you know it snowed in Burbank did it? What? Like, uh, it, like huge it. chunks of snow fell from the ground uh, two days ago. I went outside. Hail, hail or snow? It, well, it wasn't hail because hail is usually hard, but it seemed like really white, like wet snow. Wow! But it covered the whole roads and stuff like that. Did you, were you driving? No, it was really early in the morning, and then wow. it, it melted super quick. But I mean, it snowed all day. It was ridiculous. Wow. Well, this this um, uh, and a couple of websites here I'm looking at when it comes to the moon, and one of them saying that the claims of a correlation between lunar phases to human behavior does not hold up under scientific scrutiny, and uh, they're saying so. They're saying that there's there's no connection, but then other people are saying that there is a connection. It's interesting. Other people think that um, you know it's just it's really difficult to to quantify. You know how do you how do you know like if it really is a cycle, how do you know? I mean, whether or not it's actually caught. I mean, yes, you should be able to see just by like hospital reports and and prison and you know police records. Shouldn't you be able to see? I would imagine so. I mean, even if it's a little bit of a difference, like a one percent difference, maybe you should like, be able to see. Yeah, but maybe that's like that. It's just small enough that it's the rate of inaccuracy. You know what I mean? Like this test is only ninety nine percent accurate, so it's kind of like the you know the up down hmm. ratio. Yeah, this is this one side is saying, despite the fact that no evidence of a significant correlation between phases of the moon, the menstrual cycle, and fertility exists, some people not only maintain that there is, but have a scientific explanation for the non-existent correlation. It could be that just people want to believe it. Or it could be just like people would go nutty because back in the day it was like bright outside at night, whereas before you had to watch where the fuck you walked and it was super yeah. dark out. You know, like a couple of times a year, or a couple of times a month rather, you know, for a few days, you get a giant spotlight in the sky and so you could walk around at night you know i mean and probably people did nuttier shit back but then. If, the, if the moon affects the tides 
is powerful enough to make tides come in and tides go out. It's, right. It can. I could totally see how it affect whatever weird oceans in your brain, whatever quantum oceans floating around up there. I'm sure it affects that. Yeah. There's that question, right? It's like how much of you uh, is the chemical reactions that's going in your body, and how much of that can you manipulate? How much of that can you manipulate with you know exercise to maintain your hormone levels and for drinking water to maintain your hydration? Yeah. So you're not. I mean. How much of you is a bunch of these chemical reactions? I mean, what, what your personality, how much of that is dictated by what you're taking into your body? It's gotta right. Be, it's got to be a percentage. That That's a much bigger percentage than the fucking moon. Well, one thing's for certain. If you are in pain, you're going to probably be an asshole to the people around you in some way. If mm-hmm. you're fucking hurting, yeah. like when, you know, the old classic, when you walk into the dishwasher with your shin. And somebody's right. nearby and says anything to you, like, are you okay? I'm fucking fine. I'm fine. Fuck. Because it hurts so bad. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, so if you're in pain, if you feel like shit, in, in whatever way you feel like shit, for whatever reason, you're probably treating the people around you like shit. You know the opposite of it? Take ecstasy and sit next to the stupidest person on the planet. You feel so good. You're like, I love you. <laughs> you really are amazing, man. You really are. Your ideas are, yeah, they're good. You're okay, good. but that's not good, right? Well, is it? Is it or is it? I mean, is it good to be in wonder of everyone, even retards? You know, or is it? Yes. You think? I think it. I think it. I think it's a. Whenever you get around that kind of energy coming from someone. Or for whatever reason, when you run into someone really smart, you get the sense that they've managed to turn the judgment thing off on their computer and they just like you just because you're you're having this bizarre experience on the planet with them and they kind of get it. That's one of the most healing things. I used to at one point in my life when, when someone would be judging me and I, I would know they would be judging me, I would feel insecure. I would get upset. I would get like, wow, you know, like, man, maybe I'm a loser. Maybe, you know, I, but if I felt like I was being... You know, unfairly scrutinized. I would just think it was, I'm just obviously, I'm a loser. I'm losing at this, whatever this is right now. And this this person doesn't like me. Now I have a completely different effect. Now when someone, when I feel like someone's judging me or someone's being hypercritical or shitty to me, I'm like, why are you being a cunt? Right. Because I'm nice. You know, I try to be nice to everybody. Like there's no reason why this has to be a douchey conversation. It's, if it's douchey, you're, you're the one who's starting the douchiness. Yeah. You know? And I think for, for a lot of people, man, that's like one of the biggest things that they worry about in life is getting judged and, and criticized and shit it's on. It's worse. Yeah. It, it's terrible when you're, and especially if you're a kid and you're yeah. around someone with a powerful personality who's like decided that you're bad. Decided you're a loser. It just keep dra- you down. It draws that out of you. It's yeah. like we're talking about the gravity of the planet. It's like if someone's judging you, there's a gravity that they're exerting on you that can lead you into being the thing that they think you are. It's like, what's that bizarre idea where uh, it's the observer's effect when you're looking at an an atom or an electron or a photon, I think it is, that weird thing where at the quantum level, things seem to go in the direction of the way you expect them to. They seem to be where you're looking. It's affected by you viewing them. That, that. that, I don't don't know the name for that. I probably just butchered it. What I'm saying is I think that that can happen when you're around someone who has a firm belief that you suck, you yes. can suddenly, it'll start drawing out yeah. of you the shitty behavior because yes. it's like it will start blossoming out of you. And it fucking sucks. In the same way, if you're around somebody who, who really sees you and sees how cool you are, 
then all of a sudden you're funnier. Yes. You're, you know what I mean? Because yes. they're drawing the, the positive out of you. Well, when yeah. you first start dating a girl and she really likes you and she's really, yeah. into you, how funny are you? The funniest. The funniest. You're hilarious. Yeah. Every time you go to the movie, you have the wittiest shit to say. Yeah. You go out to dinner, you have the funniest thing to say. I mean, this is why so, so many guys I know um, that you know started out doing stand-up comedy, the reason why they got funny was to make girls laugh. You know, sure. they, they started out like trying to be the most charming and fun guy in the beginning of the relationship when you first meet each other, yeah. you know, and that's, that's a, a I think know. I'm, I think I'm way funnier when I'm broken though, I'm miserable, you know, cause I'm just fucking like, I don't know when I'm happy. I'm just not, I'm being nice and funny to that person. But like when I'm miserable, I fucking think of evil, deep, dark, crazy shit. It seems like to me, but when you're around someone like, but imagine when you're around someone who, you know, thinks that you are a fucking asshole, like who you know thinks that you're a moron, and you're around them. Well, I think Brian's just talking about performing on stage. You're you're you're, right. you're kind of going off in a different direction, but I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Like no, you no. you need like I mean that was Kinnison's whole thing. I mean Kinnison became really funny because of pain, right? You know because of you know I was married for two fucking years. Ow, ow, right. Look at his face. You know. This is like a man that's happy. You know, all that shit was his, his, you know, that wasn't him happy. That wasn't, you know, beautiful life and everyone. Well, see, cool here's the thing, you. man. This idea of happiness, I, we were just talking about it on my podcast, and someone's like, why are you obsessed with being happy? Being happy is not what life's about. It's not about getting, it's not about, you know, oh, I feel good today. It's, Who said that? It was, um, they made a really good point because happiness and sadness are two sides of the same thing that if you pay too much attention to them you'll you'll begin to get caught up in like chaos and randomness it's a in the in the bhagavad gita there's this great verse uh, that says a wise man is not distressed or is not disturbed by either happiness or sadness there's your mind is does not shift according to your mood states you're not plugging into the chemical uh the chemicals that are making you feel stressed out or making you feel happy um you're above it you're transcendent you've transcended it and that's what i think happiness it would be uh, as opposed to the other kind of happiness which you were saying isn't that bad which is the ecstasy happiness or the kind of like uh, happiness that comes when Charlie Sheen does a line of blow or the kind of ha that kind of happiness induces the allegedly. most allegedly allegedly I don't think he's really uh, on <laughs> cocaine at all I don't think he's on any drugs except Charlie Sheen <laughs> which is apparently the name of some new kind of meth it's probably just a new meth that they invented we'll call this Sheen but I I I think that so that's my idea of happiness is not to get caught up in the mood states, whether you're because you're going to feel like shit um, on this planet. You have to feel like you will feel like shit. You know why? Because everyone you know is going to die. And if they don't, it's because you died before them. And when someone dies, it sucks. And you're right. But that's just when someone dies. You know, I think a lot of people think that your everyday life has to be filled with shit. And that you have to, that's part of being a human. And that happiness is, you're saying that happiness is somehow or another transcending above emotions. I don't think it is. I think my, my personal happiness has been fun. It's been laughter, yeah. having a good time, hanging out with friends, laughing with friends, laughing, sure. doing shows, laughing on stage. That's, that's real happiness. So is happiness possible? Yeah. But you got to be around a bunch of other people that also commit to the same ideas. You have to be around a bunch of other really fun, happy people. It's very right. difficult to go it on your own. The only way you can is if somehow or another you attract people as you're going it on your own and you're committed to a life of happiness that also like kind of like catch into your vibe and then pick up 
what you're doing and do the same thing, and then you you gravitate more people. But you can do it, and I don't think it has to be that you have to be above happiness. And uh, it's like my my concept of guerrilla Buddhism. I told you this before. Like people always say that you know uh, to be truly happy, you cannot be attached to objects, and you know uh, yeah, you, know, you should be you should transcend objects and material possessions. I say horseshit. I say material possessions are fucking awesome. Some cars are badass. It's sure. cool to drive. TVs are awesome to own. Stereos are great to listen to. You know, it's cool to eat a good meal. It's nice to live in a house that's cool to look at. You know, yeah. these are all good things. The problem is for most people, you become so attached to them because they're so difficult to attain. So the true way of enlightenment isn't to just be without any possessions. The true way is to get to a point where you don't worry about the possessions, but you appreciate them when they're there. It's not that you become completely attached to them but the only way to really do that i think is to make enough money so that it's not that big a deal if someone steals your car you can just get another car but the thing you the thing people like about possessions is not the possession the thing people like is the way the possession makes them feel the feeling state that is induced from the thing right you know like so example for so people like feeling in love and people like um people people begin to associate the the person in their life the whatever whoever they're dating or married to or whatever is the thing that's invoking that love they're attached to the aspect of the material universe that's creating the feeling and i think that there's a place and maybe it's legendary and i'm and i shouldn't even believe in it but a lot of uh, a lot of the um, saints and a lot of gurus and a lot of people who seem very advanced seem to point to a place that is not dependent on being triggered by things in the material universe. In other words, the feeling that you get from amazing stuff is a pre-existing feeling inside of you. You already have that inside of you, and you're letting stuff be the excuse to feel that way. Mm. Whereas the idea is you can pop into a state where you're always experiencing that type of excitement and pleasure that you've limited to, if I get a great job, if I get a nice house, if I um, book some other thing again, or if I get a brand new car, if I get the new Mac, I'll feel, I'll, I'm gonna feel great. It's like that old Buddha quote, enlightenment is possible in this lifetime. Yes, that's exactly right. Can it be both? Can't you have a badass car and still try to be enlightened? Is yes. that possible? Well, that's the thing, man. That's, see, that's I think there's something there's something negative about uh, issuing those things about about avoiding. I do too. I think it's retarded because then you get fucking people who are lying to themselves and pretending to be a certain way. Because that's how many people drive a Prius just for the the social. I'm cred? an environmentalist. Oh, <laughs> I'm an environmentalist. Oh, I love the earth. I love this. I think a lot yeah. of people buy just for the mileage. Though. I'm down. Seriously. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's they $4 today. Over but $4. But guess what? Today. Brad Pitt doesn't, okay? Yeah. No, people, here's the he thing. <laughs> people people, people want to put off, um, they want to put off meditating or experimenting uh, with different forms of spirituality until they're good, until they feel like they're perfect. They want to approach... They're like, you know, I'm going to be happy soon, but let me get rid of this other shit first. Yes. I got to take care of this yes. stuff. That's not it. The idea is you approach uh, understanding yourself and the universe and your connection to the universe, not from a place where you think you're going to be, but from where you are right now. Right. It's some filthy, filthy, th no matter what, if you haven't really meditated a lot, the chances are you're absorbed in some, if you're on earth, you're absorbed in some really stupid, crazy shit. And if you wait till you're better or balanced to start meditating, right. you're never going to meditate. Right. You're it's never going to get into just from exactly where you're at is a is a 
a fucking sex crazed beast or a alcoholic or with seven heroin needles falling out of your arm approach it from that place and that's where you start getting really cool results man when you when you come at it from where well you're it's at. like everything else you just have to do it it's like well i'm gonna start exercising soon i'm gonna quit smoking soon yeah. i'm gonna do this soon just right. just start doing it yeah it's the same thing as everything else it's just you have to somehow or another trigger that that action in your your brain to force your body to move in the direction of whatever the fuck it is you need to do right you know hopefully I mean, we can hack our brains in the future where we know exactly what to do or to, to to motivate that like a remote uh, control. yeah i don't want to be the first though because there's a yeah. bunch of dudes that are going to turn gay because they try to get smarter <laughs> you know it's, it's for sure that's going to happen man they're going to fucking stab the wrong part of your cortex and you're just like yummy cock why does cock seem so yummy could you imagine coming to that? you come to from your operation and you're like oh you just want to get oh you look at the doctor god uh, damn he's yummy, hot yummy yummy <laughs> cock you can't stop saying what if like you could live forever but for whatever reason like every couple minutes you just start going yummy cock yummy yummy cock you can't even help it you're on a date you know having some meat yeah well you know I've, I've really I've gone to a few plays lately yummy cock yeah just you know or your in the interviews you know one of the great things about being immortal is just the yummy cock it's just <laughs> <laughs> he's immortal but it's mess well, I don't know, man. I think that it's easily possible that they could fuck up the first couple of times they try to rewire the brain and just create psychopaths. Listen, I love the idea of going to the gym and putting my brain in the same place where the kids play while my body goes and works out. <laughs> that would be the fucking best. Do you think that if there was a place where you could go where uh, you you could go and just lie down in a machine and the the body would be like forced to do all this work without you ever having to like exert effort mentally, yeah. you would you would be down with that? Yeah. Really? I'd do it, yeah, for sure. But you would miss out the whole thing. The whole thing is developing the 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 character to push through the hard workout, which elevates your human potential. Sure. The, or get really good get at StarCraft through. while your body's working yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let your body do the hard part. It, but it, you, that's how you develop character, though. I mean, that's a big way. To, know, to, yeah. you, there's, there's, a, there's something that's definitely to be learned from separating your body and your mind and forcing your body to work for your mind. Yes. Where your body's struggling, your body wants to quit, and you go, shut up, bitch, keep going. And then when it's over, you're like, wow, I did it. I got through it. This is a tough struggle. Because when you're doing like, you ever do bodyweight squats? You know what they are? Hindu squats? Uh, yeah, I think right. I tried squats once. Well, it's very easy to do one, you know? Anybody yeah. can go down on your, you know, put your, your ass to the back of your ankles and then stand back up again. It's not hard. Very few people could do 500. And it's one of those things where when you start doing it, you, you, you get into it, you'll do like 25, and then you're like, holy shit, 26, 27. And you, the lactic burn, you know, the, the, the muscle burn in your legs starts getting pretty intense. But it's not a difficult thing to do. It's not difficult to just stand up. So in your mind, it's very hard to accept that you should, when, you, when should you stop? Should I stop now? I can't do another one. You, you can't right. stand up. You really can't stand up one more time just with your own body weight. So you, you have to like figure out how to to order your brain to work for you and push through it. And sometimes for like a couple of minutes, you'll be in agony, taking big deep breaths and then push out another one and go down and big deep breaths. When do you want to quit? Well, you want to quit at like 25 or 26. When it starts getting a little bit difficult, yeah. your brain starts going, all right, let's stop, let's stop, let's stop. Your body's going, I'm sending you these signals. This shit is not yeah. fun. Let's cut it off. And then yeah. you have to figure out a way to, to manage that and balance that. And once you do, once you do have the ability to push yourself through brutal workouts, 
push yourself through like jujitsu class and kickboxing class and stuff like that. When it's when you, you develop like character, you develop something. You, de- yeah. you developed a, a, a control over your body sure. that the average person doesn't have. Yeah. Like those fucking guys who can do uh, those those divers. Uh, free divers that I respect the shit out of that I think it's a crazy thing but some of those guys who can go underwater for like seven oh, minutes oh that's crazy man that's one of my favorite things to watch yeah like, it's, me too what the fuck how do you do that's that power over your body using your mind and your willpower to control your body I mean it has to it takes a long time for them to get up to that that amount of yeah. holding your breath but god man perfect example like every second you want to quit every goddamn second your body is sending signals like enough 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 Dude. let's get some air when I was in Hawaii, stoned out of my mind from drinking pot tincture, we went snorkeling, and there was our group snorkeling, and then I realized there was a guy with a snorkel who wasn't in our group, and there's no boat anywhere to be seen, and, like, land is far the fuck away, and this guy's swimming around, and, like, we're all snorkeling. He goes under, and I'm watching him go way, 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 way down, and he's staying down there, and he knows we're watching him. And he's staying down there for an impossibly long time. And I'm like, it went from me being like, wow, that guy's great to like my heart started beating because I was like, oh, fuck, I think this guy's drowning. Like, I think this guy's going to die. He turns over on his back, right? And his arms go out loose and limp and his body starts floating up to the surface. And then he just smiles and waves at us. He was faking drowning because he could just hold his breath so fucking long. And I guess like one of the things he liked to do in Hawaii was to snorkel out to the groups and make them think that he had drowned. Holy shit. So he practices his free diving by freaking people out? Yeah, because I really thought he was, he was, it was, he was under so impossibly long. It was crazy. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Like that, I would love to be able to do that. That would be so amazing. That's pretty awesome, man. You must have the most healthy lungs to be able to do that. That guy's probably never even had secondhand smoke. I don't know. I think it's something you build up to. I think it's something just like everything else. You know, like the only way you can do 500 bodyweight squats is you got to start off with 25 right. and work your way up to 500. I think they just develop the ability to, to hold their breath. For I know Egan Inoue, who is a uh, an MMA fighter. Him and his brother Ensign are pretty famous pioneers. And uh, his brother Egan is uh, famous for uh, being a freediver. I think he won like some sort of crazy title. You know, like I think he, at one point in time he had like held his breath the longest longer than anybody else. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like Navy SEALs and shit tra- uh, train you to do that. It's part of boot camp right. probably, I would imagine, you know. Dude, I, I told you about my friend Eric, Eric Crisp, the guy who went to, uh, he he's a, he makes pool cues, makes these badass pool cues. He's oh, yeah. in the military yeah. and he had tried out for the SEALs and one of the things they make you do, I believe it was the SEALs, it might, what other, it might have been one of the special forces, what are the other, other groups Groups like that, they make you drown. Like you, you literally go underwater until bubbles come up, oh. and then your your team has to rescue you. No, so you have to you. trust in them to bring you back to life. Fuck. Like you go unconscious, you drown. They pull you out before your body's totally dead. They pump the water out of you. They they give you CPR, and then they bring you back to life. And that's when he was like, "I tap. I'm done. That's Fuck enough. This. Yeah, Thank he's like, you. I can stay up for days and go running through the woods, but I'm not gonna let you drown me. Have you seen that video on the internet? There's a in- video on the internet of an artist doing that, drowning himself in his bathtub. Have you seen what? that? Yeah, I, see if you can and find, then someone brings him back to yeah, life. Yeah, he puts a, a fucking uh, concrete block on his chest in his what? bathtub, drowns because because basically there's when you suck in water, there's a reaction I think your body has where it automatically knocks you unconscious. Really? So yeah, he knew he would go out, and his friend had to resuscitate him. 
Oh my god! Did you find it? No. I, I think look up performance artist drowns self in bathtub. I guess. Like I'm telling you how to Google. We're both internet junkies. <laughs> Go to the Google website <laughs> and type. I prefer Bing. <laughs> yeah, me too. Drowned alive. Performance art. Performance stunt. Talentless self-indulgence taking the stage. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, he pissed people off. Yeah, a lot of people are upset at him. Talentless. Yeah, well, maybe, but no one's saying that it's a talent thing. Yeah, you know, it's talent. A, it's a crazy ball. I'm really bit. good at drowning myself. I was born with this bizarre talent where I can drown myself yeah. with anything. This fucking wonky website doesn't work. Yeah, I, I don't. It was like on a weird site where I saw it. I, I can't remember. I think that was when I still yeah, used to Toxic go to Toxic Junction. Crazy idiot drowns himself for art. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> The first one was like a critique of it, and this one is a... Crazy idiot. Yeah, all these sites are fucking wonky. This one ain't working either. Yeah, it's because we're streaming uh, Um, video right now, probably. Really? No. Come on, man. We got cable here. That's not what this is. It's not... The the sites are coming up instantly. It's not what it is. It's like the internet just sucks. My website sucks Yeah, but it doesn't matter what your uh, download speed, it's your upload speed's probably bottlenecked at something like that. Hey, Brian, I got a question for you. This is a, I've got a, I've got a uh, technological question. Why does Korea have faster internet than us? uh, Most countries have have faster internet than us. Why? We're just behind, you know, we're... Because we're out there kicking us. ass and making freedom, Brian. That's right. Some shit that gets left behind. Same reason why right. their cell phones, you know, or their video games, everything. Right, here it is. You know, Here's Homeboy. If you just look up uh, drowning performance art, go look at it up on YouTube. Let's, I'm going to watch it real quick and see if it's worth it. How can you oh, not? A, oh, he talks about it. Okay. Go, go to it, Brian, because this guy is actually going to explain what the fuck he's going to do before. I wonder how many views it has on YouTube. How many? Let's guess. I say thirty-five thousand. I want to know what advertisements how comes many, up. How before. many do you say? I say thirty-five thousand. How many? I got to put that in a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Let's say twenty-seven thousand. Shit. Really? You you overestimate the Justin Bieber fans of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, then, but then again, you know, look, Justin you, Bieber's at least singing a fucking song. But There's no, you put, you put Justin Bieber as the soundtrack to a guy drowning himself in the bathtub. It'll quadruple the views. You know, I don't know what Justin Bieber sounds like. I have no idea what a Justin Looking Bieber song like is. like an angel. Is that it, Brian? Yeah, just did a commercial first. That one has a commercial? This one What doesn't. commercial? What what product are they selling with this guy's drowning video? Uh, Starcraft, it looks like. No. Some kind of a video game. Yeah, weird. Halo or Starcraft? I did a, uh, another podcast on a plane with Ari Shafir. Oh, how'd it go? We were blitzkrieged. We ate an edible before we got on the plane. It's the best. And we were... Dude, we were gone, like scary gone. Like it was like it was like my whole body was like tingling with vulnerability. You know, to get to that that, that state. You but know? you're so taken care of in a plane, it's the perfect place to do it. Like until you freak out and you can't get off the plane. Shit, Last time man. Ari was on a plane and did it, he almost had to tell the stewardess that hey, I needed to, to uh, get could off you the, plane. Land the plane. That's a bit of an exaggeration because he was on. This is the time he was with me. He uh, he he said oh, I almost had to get off the plane. I was like, really? Not really. It was just a thought in his yeah. head, but he never really actually did it. Like you press the stewardess button and ask if they would mind landing the plane for mind a second. Landing Phoenix really quick. I just have to run. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. Run out into the desert and okay. find myself. <laughs> but Ari, Ari goes deep because uh, I'd like to introduce myself. Here my name is Jonathan Murphy. Uh-huh. I'm a performance artist. 
Oh, I hate him already. Uh, my work too. is heavily influenced by Chris Burden's performance art from the 70s. Uh, he's the artist most famous for his piece shoot, in which he had his friend shoot him in the arm with a 22 caliber rifle. And that was a wonderful piece. What you're about to see Another next winner. is a piece of mine entitled Drowning. I feel that this piece requires a little bit of explanation. Um, when water enters the airway, the vocal cords constrict and seal off the air tube, thus preventing any water from entering the lungs. This is called a larynospasm. Mm -hmm. During this initial phase of drowning, very little water, if any, actually enters the lungs. It f actually fills up the stomach. Um, my hands were bound and a concrete block was placed on my chest. Uh, this was done in order to weigh me down, but it also would help force air uh, out of my lungs once I lost breath. Uh, you'll see that uh, nose clips were used as well in order to ensure safety. Because yeah, that's what you my want to worry about when you're fucking drowning yourself. Wait for me to go unconscious and then immediately pull me out of the water. That in Cox, it sounds like. So, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, let's watch. His friend, like, how, how many minutes did his friend think about not picking up that lock? I wonder how long he went under for. So this guy's in his underwears now. First of all, that's a bitch-ass move. If you're gonna drown, you should be balls out. <laughs> Fucking let your cock hang out, son. Shit yourself. Yeah. Come on, man. You, you're afraid we're gonna see your penis while you're drowning? You know, you're showing us your ass there, sonny boy. You're dying in a tub. And you're worried about people seeing your penis? You fucking pussy. You I'm a performance artist. You fucking fake crazy person. There's a cinder block on his chest. Fake. By the way, that cinder block ain't stopping me from drowning, bitch. I'll stand right yeah, the fuck up with that what thing What the fuck on is me. that? Is that real? It's dumb. So is this guy just gonna start breathing now? What happens here? He's just lying there with this cinder block on his chest. And somehow, somewhere around the long, I guess he's gonna like take a breath of water? Yeah, he just, he, he's gonna have to like get air and he won't be able to get out. So he's just holding his breath right now as long as he can. Yeah. So what the fuck happened to this guy while, while we're going through this? Because it's probably going to take a minute. What the fuck happened to this guy that he wants to drown himself in a tub? Watch too many episodes of Two and a Half Men. That affected way he talks makes me want to kick him in the balls, oh, doesn't it? For the arts, Joe, My don't understand. work was heavily influenced by another douchebag from the 70s. <laughs> he shot himself in the arm. Yeah, well, it's an amazing piece. His piece called Shoot Me. <laughs> and this fuck. is called Bathtub Drowning. This the, is called... The most unoriginal names. This is called Drowning. Well, I mean, that's what it is. Why call it anything else, right? Just fucking put some icing on it. Come up with something. I don't know, man. He's, he's still... So while we're pausing, folks, this guy's still just lying there in the tub holding his breath. With his eyes open. Yeah, he hasn't given up yet. And he's getting ready to give up. He's starting to spaz because it's towards the end of the, the video. The, the beautiful thing about YouTube is you can see that little bar at the bottom. There he goes. There he goes. He's, he's breathing now. Oh, wow. Oh, this is fucked. Oh, my God. Oh, he's out. Whoa. So they got him on the floor now, and now they're doing CPR to him. 
this is so fucked. The guy's blowing in his mouth right now, and he's still not back. He's still done. I guess this guy, hopefully this guy really knows how to do CPR. Yeah, yeah, right? Well, I took this class a couple years ago. Ever done this to a live body before? You want a a real experienced lifeguard type character. Yeah. It seems like it's taking a long time. time. This is scary as shit. He's still, he's counting, he's looking up and counting and blowing into this guy's. I don't see a lot of effort on his part either. I don't see him really fucking pushing that air. I wouldn't try. This is fucked, man. This guy's still under. Or dead, or drowned, or whatever. I mean, isn't brain cells dying right now? Yeah. Isn't isn't well, this? Well, I mean, like... how many minutes does it have to be? Because it hasn't been that many minutes since the guy was. Well, he was under the back. Seems like they got it back. Yeah. What if they didn't, and they're both assisted? That murderers, sound that you heard you know? was his friend running back into the room. And... <laughs> And now he's back to life. Holy shit. Holy shit. What the fuck, man? That took a long ass time. Holy fuck. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Dude, that is a trip. Let's see at the end, Brian. Let's see if he's got something stupid to say. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> wow. We are all fascinated by that transition, you know, from here to there, yeah. from from present to not. Yeah. From life to death, from yeah. from here to gone, you know. We're all fascinated by that, man. The death of the body. How yeah. often do you trip about that? Dying? Oh, look what I got for you, by the way. Do you what? keep forgetting? I got your notebook that you left here ah, when you shit. lived here. We're not going to read from it. Joe's already read through it. I heard about what you have to say about um, ponies. Thanks. This thing has been burning a hole through my chest. You're just lucky that you (laughs) didn't become famous. You're lucky that you didn't become famous in the time between living here and and going out on your own. Because I would have sold that fucking thing. (laughs) If you were Charlie Sheen, I'd be on the Today Show right now. I have the documents. That is a true friend to give this embarrassing journal back. Well, this is a journal that Duncan Duncan, uh, got the boot from his missus back in the day and uh, lived with me for a few months. Best roommate ever, by the way. The only one that's ever cleaned. I've had a couple guys live with me. The only one that ever, like, actually kept his room clean is Duncan. <laughs> but Tate lived with me for a few months, and it was like a goddamn tornado in there. It was for oh. Tate's a fucking savage. Tate might as well. I just might as well just cut a hole in the in the side of the hill, and Tate would have lived in there I just the same. Cave. Tate's crazy. But um, anyway, Duncan wrote this uh, journal about his feelings and the relationship. And the reason why I brought this up, the reason why my mind even went to it in the first place, is because. A lot of people are scared of the uh, isolation tank for the same reason they're scared of death. Right. Because it almost is like a personal death of you, you know, like a temporary death of you. Yeah. For a brief moment, you you cease to exist when you go into that that tank. That tank um, is also something that helped you, and this is where the connection to this journal comes from, while you were going through this breakup. You kind of reassessed your whole life. It was really interesting to watch. You know, you you came when you called me up and you were really bummed out and she kicked you out and you were in a hotel room. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, fucking come live with me. And then you moved and you were like a little frazzled. You were like, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. I'm like, hey, I'm living by myself. This is all good. You know, Duncan's living with me now. We're going to have some fun. It's been great, dude. Everything's going to be fine. But you were clearly like 
lost, you know, you would, you would, you would like gotten, you know, when you get dumped, man, it's like this fucking feeling of shit. I don't have a, a home anymore. Yeah. Like, where am I sleeping now? Massive, like just a hundred percent change complete. You've been living this certain way long enough to, to get used to it. And then all of a sudden everything absolutely changes, like just a huge tor- turn that you probably thought could happen, but you were, you know, trying to imagine that it wasn't yeah. even a possibility and it happens. Well, that, yeah, that's like it, you go into shock. You're attached to a, a certain rhythm, a certain pattern, a certain set of surroundings that massively changes you. You go into shock and that is the perfect time to get in a fucking flotation tank when everything's discombobulated and floating around inside of you and all the, all the a weird assemblage of emotions and more than anything, though, what's cool about that shit is you get a real taste of truth. Like, that's what truth is right there. That's like the experience of truth, which is change, which is dramatic, radical change. Fucking unavoidable. Happens all the time. The, the, the isolation tank keeps you from distracting yourself and makes you think about your life. Yeah. It makes you think about what's going on. So for me, it was so fascinating having you here at a real low point and watching you pull right out of it, right out of it, like very quickly. Like you, when you got into that tank and within a few weeks, man, you were laughing about shit and joking around about shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was, yeah, it definitely, definitely helped. And that's why you're, it was, that's why friends are so important. Cause like, if you don't have friends, and you get into that predicament, oh, terrible! It's the worst feeling. You feel completely alone. Yeah, yeah, and but you know, even if you don't have friends, you can still pull yourself out of it. But you have to, I guess, really want. You know, you you have to want to. Yeah, yeah. You well, it's it's. I mean, it's look. Anyone can can improve their surroundings. You can improve your situation. But it was really interesting for me watching you because it was a, such an unusual opportunity for both of us it was an unusual opportunity for me to watch someone who didn't have a lot of experience with a tank but who was such a curious person and psychedelically experienced like you and then have access to this thing on on a daily basis you know and for me to watch you go from this like really low point to like like really like gaining ground like you came out of it like stronger it was so fucking cool climbing out of that thing in that state of being in the in the state of like having had because you know there psyched psychedelics are not limited to drugs psych there are many ways to induce a psychedelic state of mind the tank being one of them and um another way to induce a psychedelic state of mind is to have dramatic change happen in your life that rips back whatever delusion you are living by and shows you the true universe. Yeah, people turn the, the term psychedelic to a lot of people means like seeing things that aren't there, hallucinations, dancing mice, you know, shit like that, pink elephants flying yeah. through the sky. That's not a real psychedelic state. The real psychedelic state is the dissolution of cultural conformity and the uh, the uh, your ideas of the universe, all your predetermined patterns of thinking, all your your adopted behavior patterns, all that gets stripped away and you're left with the core of yeah. you and your decisions 
decisions and and what what you can and can't change and how you led yourself into a position where you were so weak in the first place that you you know you needed saving from like what yeah. what what where why did you have no foundation why did you fall apart like what what is it about you know life and about trying to get by in this world that leaves us so fucking vulnerable sometimes and so in need of other human beings just to to stack us up and to to hold us up and watching you man was really fucking cool it was really cool because you really used it man you got in there all the time you know and you were you were getting out and talking about it and it was it was a fucking trip you know i don't know if you wrote it about it in the thing because i didn't read it I, I i've had that thing for years you that didn't is, even take a look at that i read to him over the phone and then he made me stop and i said all right i won't read any more of it but i this believe was years ago. This is years ago <laughs> that thing has been sitting in my fucking my office for oh, I'm terrified i think it's like thing. 2004 or something oh, what year was this i can't wait till i didn't date it 2004 or 2005, I believe it I was. It. Yeah. Ugh. It's cool though. I mean, you 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 got a window into a certain time in your life. You know, when you were you were in the shits. Well, I'll tell you, man. That unfortunately happens. But you know. You say that, but I don't think it's unfortunate at all. Oh right. Imagine I, if you were stuck with that chick now. I, no. Jesus Christ. Think about that. Think about your situation now. Think about your situation then. How much happier you are now. Right. You could have been stuck. I mean, if, you know, if you talked her into taking you back or something gross, oh. With a child or something? Oh, Jesus Christ, stop, <laughs> stop right there. You know, I mean, it's funny how you, 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 you're a different human now than you yeah. were then. You're so much more confident. You know, it's one of the things that I saw when you went up in uh, Montreal. Right. Like, even your sets now, you're so much more confident. You go up there, you're so much more, you, you know, you're so much more... What's the word? You, you you're re resigned to who you are. Yeah. Not not resigned, rather. You're you're not the, the I'll word, take it. but it's not resigned. That, that's because that sounds like you're giving up. It's not. That's not what I mean. You're you are completely aware of who you are. That's the best way of saying it. Yeah. And that when you're going on stage now, you're going on stage not trying to convince them of anything. You're just, this is me and this is what I'm doing. This is what I have to say. Whereas before, you were like, hey, I hope you like me. Yeah. Like, Do you like me? You don't like me? Well, here, I'm going to say something. I guess, but well, I, I guess that me, weirded you out. Let me just out. say, I think the reason the word resigned popped out of your mouth first is because I think there is a certain level of being of and it sounds like it's like I'm giving up but resigned can also be like a kind of surrender where you're like I'm just no longer going to spend time whether on stage or off stage I'm not going to spend time anymore trying to convince myself or other people that I'm some certain way and I'm going to start trying to approach people from where I'm at yes which is yes. which is not a perfect place for most people most most of us are you know, have fucked up things that we do. And why wouldn't you? I mean, you're going to look at where you're at. Like you say, we're in a fucking ball flying through fucking space. How are you supposed to adapt to this in some brilliant way right off the bat? You know, you yeah, can't. It's you can't. You're in this insane dimension where we're getting rocketed through space, where you're going to die. You're surrounded by people who call themselves your family that you're supposed to have attachments to, they're going to die. You're in a life where you've just adopted certain modes of being. I didn't have a baby. I didn't get married. But a lot of people do when they weren't ready and they, they weren't supposed to. And they get married and they have a baby. And they are, theoretically, for this incarnation, 
pretty fucking trapped. They're in. A lot of people are. A lot of people are having. Yeah. They have all kinds of weird situations where the, the relationship, they're stuck somehow or another, yeah. whether it's because of a mortgage or because of a business that they started or together. Or a mental, a mental idea yeah. of how things you're, are supposed to be. You're stuck with some person. Or you give birth to a child that uh, has like a, a melted brain and you've got to take care of like a little like sick kid for 12 years or like there's so many different ways that your particular DNA can get rivuleted down into a shitty trap where you're mm -hmm. just like there it's like uh, that's why I like that movie you said you didn't want to see it and I'm sorry if you've seen it and didn't like it but what was that 127 hours did you see that no I didn't see it because I, I knew the story and I you know I, I don't want to watch some dude hack Yeah, his that's just a torture on. movie. But There's no reason to watch dude, it. Dude, everybody says that it's a torture movie, like it was fixated on the gore or the. But it wasn't. It's a fucking metaphor, which is that uh, sometimes doing the thing you love to do, whatever it is, and, and that's for a lot of people's fucking, doing the thing you love most, you can end up. Getting your goddamn arm pinned so down. So you're you're connecting someone having a baby to cutting your arm off. That's funny. No, I'm <laughs> no, I'm not connecting. If you have a baby for the right reason. No, I know what you're saying for the wrong reason. So, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah. Look, you're you're saying what a lot of single people with no children say, and what you're saying is, you know, we were talking about our friend who tweeted something about having a child is like the exact opposite of winning the lottery. Yeah. I used to think the exact same way until I had children, but. My situation is very different in that, first of all, I'm older, I've had more experience in life, and I'm I'm secure financially and happy in the relationship. So it was all good things at a good time. But when I look back on past relationships, some of them, there's a bunch of relationships that I've been in, you know, like way back in the day when I was younger, and I, I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I was hanging around with chicks that I probably really didn't even like that much, but I was still having sex with them. And sometimes you'd have like a crazy fucking breakup or a crazy yeah. bad relationship. That person could be out there with your kid. And then you have to deal with all kinds of the, yeah. the nonsense that comes with that. I mean, we all know somebody that has kids, you know, that's sure. in some shit situation. Yeah. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, man. What, but that, so what, yeah, what I'm really saying is like the, the idea, and it goes back to what of we're being comfortable, resigned to who you are. Yes. Yeah. That's where I, I think, didn't like the way I said resign though. I didn't mean resign. I don't just, mind. I, my sometimes you, sometimes you have to be resigned. You know what I mean? Not all of us are fucking Charlie Sheen. Not all of us are <laughs> rock stars from Mars. Not all of us are a freaking rock star freaking, from Mars. Yeah. Some of us are like, you know, we all trying got, to pretend I'm not special. We're, we're fucked up in a lot of ways, man. And and that's if you start from it's like, you know, one thing that I would try to do when I used to work out. And it's like when I when I when I first started working out, I would try to lift weight that was so much more heavy than what I should have been lifting out of this sense of like, I could lift heavy weights. And so now I'm like trying to lift like way too, well, I'm like, well, I should be at the fucking pink weights. And I'm like trying to do, <laughs> pink you know what I mean? I'm trying to do like really fucking heavy weights. Cause it's like, this is how I see myself down the line after I've been lifting pink weights for a while. That's how you get to the heavy weights. Right. But if you start off right away, trying to pump those fucking heavy weights, then it's disaster. You're going to pull your fucking muscles. Like people, mm -hmm. I, you know, like dudes who lifted weights. One guy I think came up to me. He's like looking at me like, what are you doing? He's like, that's way too much weight. Like, and so this is like having a kid when you're 16. 
having a kid when you're 16 or deciding that you're a famous comedian before you are yeah. getting on stage after a couple of months and getting in your fucking head that you're like you've been doing stand up for 15 years or being a fucking painter when and like just immediately thinking you're a great painter because I've had friends who've gotten into painting right and they've only painted for a year and they show me some of their paintings and the look on their face is like I'm supposed to react to it like I'm seeing a Picasso or something it's like I hate almost everyone that shows me things that I'm supposed to look at that they did <laughs> almost know. every time someone does that to me I'm like are you really going to do this to me man please no don't do this to don't, me. Do don't make this. me read your fucking script mm. don't ask yeah. me to read your script you fuck yeah. I hate that. Yeah. You think you can read my script, bro? It's the worst. Ugh, the worst is when it's bad. Yeah. And then you're obligated to talk to them and go, oh, here's the situation. You know, you basically did Men in Black meets Back to the Future written by a 12-year-old. <laughs> it's like, you have to, I mean, but you can't say that, that good, but you can't but even say that. that. You have to go, wow, I man, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. Well, no, then you're, see, that's the thing. That's where you get, and I think kind of what we're talking about, which is like, at some point, you have to make a decision. Am I going to spend the rest of my life lying to the world? Am I going to spend the rest of my life trying to manipulate people around me because I'm too lazy to tell them the truth? Or am I just going to start telling the truth? Well, what if it, though, if it's a friend that's written something really cool, though? What if someone has got a script? And I mean, so that's the problem with all the shitheads that want you to read their scripts. It makes you super skeptical for the occasional rare person that actually writes something good. Right. And it's just like, hey, I think this is pretty good. You want to read it? And then you're like, yeah, all right, I'll read it. You know, but I mean, how many how many of those are there? Most people I know who are really good at things, they don't ask me to look at it. No, I end up yeah. looking at it because I want to. Yeah. Like my friend Emil, who just visited, like his music's fucking good. So like I try to get new CDs of his because I want to listen to it because right. it's really fucking good. Yeah. But sometimes somebody will send you something. Or somebody, you'd be in their car if they're a musician and then they'll put their shit on oh! and you have to listen to it. That's <laughs> the worst. You're stuck. Never do that. That you're is stuck. the coolest. Never let a musician drive. You always oh. have to drive. And never let them get in your car with a CD. What's in your hand, bitch? Oh. What's in your fucking hand? Oh, so you know why? Because you're no. suddenly, you're forced suddenly not just to evaluate how miserable an artist they are, how cliche and shitty their music is, but also you have to, you realize that the fact that they felt comfortable playing this for you means they think it's good yeah. so yeah. they they're so deluded and so fucked up they're like oh yeah i'm gonna I, they've been waiting all day to play their music because they you think get really attached to a script or a piece of music or a joke or i mean how many times have you had a friend who's uh, just starting out and they have a bit and you got you want to tell them like hey man you need to drop that bit that bit yeah. ain't good and like no no no, no it's good it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Just to, this is a bad crowd tonight. I, I, I've been doing it. It's been killing. Terrible crowd. But you, you're fundamentally looking at the whole premise and what he's saying, and you're like, "This is a shit joke, dude. This is terrible." Man, it's, someone it's a clunker. If someone's just been doing, if someone's been doing stand-up for less than a year, I don't even critique their material because I know they're going to grow out of it and it's going to change and it's going to get. It's like the first year of stand-up, you can't do any you're lucky if you're if you're really well isn't fine. that like any bit it's only takes a couple things to add to something that's the whole point and no bit starts off like a grade a bit from the beginning usually it's usually you have some kind of idea and you oh, try to go through sure. it and then add to it and make it an no actual shit, bit right dude. So that's what's weird about me because, like, I'll go on stage and people come up to me and go, dude, that bit sucks or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but this is, like, the second time I've ever said it. 
you know so well <laughs> you know the thing is it's like there's no fucking rules about about it or anything it just takes a long time i mean it well, Brian, takes you're, you're more advanced than someone who's only been doing comedy for a year. You know, you're doing pretty good right now. Yeah. You, you, you're, you, you've also had the opportunity to do, do stand-up, take off for five years, and be around high-level stand-up comedy right. on a regular basis. You're always at the improv. You're always at Sal's. You go on the road. You see Joey Crush and Ari right. Crush. You see me do my sets. And so all these fucking, this comedy is in your head. I mean, you're getting to see, like, you get to see Bill Burr all the time whenever he's in town. You see Louis C.K. You've seen Chappelle. You've seen so many fucking yeah. comics, man. It's like your exposure to high-level stand-up comedy is much, much more, uh, you know, it's much deeper it, than it, the average open micer. Definitely. Sure. But it doesn't help me write anymore. You know what I mean? That's that's what I knew. Like yesterday, yesterday I was like, all right, I'm going to do no new. Like this is all new jokes night. You know, yesterday. Right. And I was like, but fuck, I didn't write anything. So I'm like looking through my notes, going, okay, there was an idea. There's an idea. There's trying to make bits, but I didn't write any of this shit out. So I went on stage. I pretty much didn't had nothing. You know, it's 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 funny like writing into me or at least thinking of you can't bits go on stage balls out like that with nothing in your head. You have to have some material right. first. Well, usually I like the to only just way kind you can of do that is if you're Joey Diaz, throw it around. If you're doing it a long time. Like I'll go on stage sometimes and I'll fuck around and I don't know what I'm gonna. Like I came up with that bit about the birds. Like you know. There's birds that are falling from the sky, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's a fucking apocalypse, man. Look, the birds. And I'm like, one thing that you don't consider is that birds are cunts. Okay. First of all, who cares about birds falling from the fucking sky? Birds don't give a shit about you. They're surviving dinosaurs. And second of all, why do we think that it's apocalypse? Maybe it's some one badass worm becomes a sorcerer and just decides to get back all these cunty birds that have been yeah. fucking with his family for generations. And he, you know, he's wearing it's a winning. wizard's robe and he's just, it's called winning. <laughs> You know, so this this bit, I, it's turned into a bit, and it came out out of nowhere. Literally, yeah. I had no yeah. idea what I was going to say. But I knew that if I had no, nothing there, I have another bit ready that right. is actually a bit. Right. And so oh, because yeah. you have, like, these little these little bridges, you know, that you know that you have. This bit, this bridge is built. I'm going to sure. go right into fire at the San Francisco Hotel. Boom. It's right yeah. there. It's solid. And so I know that I can take a chance. Like, let's just swing off sure. this vine and hope I can catch that bridge or, you know, or catch a vine that I didn't know was there. How cool is it when that start, when you start killing and you're improvising and you're yeah. in that bizarre, like, wave where suddenly you're not doing any jokes and then... Sometimes I've improvised and done well and then tried to go back into a joke. Yeah. And it doesn't do as well because right. they were so used to that stuff that was coming in the moment. Yes. It's like, that's a weird thing, man. Where they can tell, too. They feel it. They sense it. He's doing material now. Yeah. It's, well, and also yeah. they can tell that you're freeballing, too. Right. They can tell. Like, when Joey Diaz freeballs, like, sometimes I'll run up to him off stage. I go, did, did you plan that one? And they'll go, nah, I fucking came up with it right there. Like, the, he did a joke about uh, his dick. About, he was doing this thing about Viagra. This is the Sunday night show in Brea. He was doing a thing about, you, you never copped a dead dick. You never copped a dead dick. He goes, if your dick's dead, this is what you do. You go out of the fucking refrigerator, you get those popsicle sticks, and you wrap that dick up like a fucking wounded soldier. Send it back in. He was talking about putting your dick in a splint with popsicle sticks. And the way he was saying it, it, <laughs> it was, was so fucking, funny. it was so, it was, there's a feeling of magic as he was saying yeah. this. And he is killing before he says this. So he goes into this like red faced, like Joey Diaz, purple faced, screaming, spits flying out. You never copped a dead dick. You send that dick in like a wounded soldier. <laughs> and me and Ari were fucking crying, laughing. And I couldn't wait to, for him to get off stage so I could ask him, was that off, off the top of your head? That, he said it came out of nowhere. Just came out of nowhere. 
Like all of a sudden, it seemed like a bit, like it was all there. And it was because he was willing to swing. Just yeah. take, take this chance and see where it, where it brings you. Yeah. you know, to be able to do that, though, in front of several hundred people is rare. Like with you, your stage right now, you can't quite do that yet. What your stage right now, what you got to do is you got to write things down. Well, and one of my biggest bits I them. did that, though, with the, the come on your face. That, that was made up on stage. What bit is that? The pets. Oh, well, yeah, that was a line. You yeah. came up with a line for an already existing bit. No, no, no. That whole bit was written on stage. Really? Yeah. And it just came up on one day. It was a Sunday show. I mean, so that's what I've been talking about. I'll do that all the time where I'll think just like on either on stage or right when I'm going to like the other day, I had this thing where you were talking about that before you ever did it on stage, Brian. You've talked about that a few times. What? Before you talked about the ex-girlfriends, how you, you have these pets from them and they all have the same personality. Yeah, but I didn't. It, I mean, when the first time I went, I thought of that bit. I was ser- seriously waiting for the comic in front of me to get off stage, and I'm just thinking, like, I'm, I got to do something about my a- animals because I feel like I'm a single mom right now. And so I went on stage and said, "Hey, you know, I feel like a single mom." Oh, blah, so blah, maybe and, when you talked to me about it, you had already done it on stage. Maybe it's that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like when people do that when they pretend they're having a conversation with you and really they're trying out material. Oh, right. Uh, That's just the worst. What, what's worse is when it's <laughs> very obvious. You know, yeah. some people can actually get away with it because you're like telling the joke yeah. and they think you know it's funny but some people just you could tell they're just doing bits like, there's a dude i used to play pool with and it was brutal he was a, a comic and he used to go tell me if you think there's anything in this like, no oh that's the worst drop my head down he didn't have a whole lot of friends and he was like really into his comedy and he was one of those guys he was a decent comic but he wrote out every fucking joke as he would say it on stage so it never seemed like when he was on stage that he was really just up there fucking around it always seemed like Here's some material that I wrote today. Yeah. And so he like holds me hostage there while we're playing pool. And while he says out the whole joke, you know, like literally, have you ever noticed? Like he gives me a have have you ever noticed? No. I'm like, you motherfucker. Did you just give me a have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? I notice a lot of shit, dude. You want to talk about other shit I notice? (laughs) Man, that's the that's the problem with comedy, man. Is there's like good comedy, but there's like the the shitty comedian is a pathetic figure, man. It's just such a rough mode of being, man. It's such a such a silly, embarrassing existence. If, like, What's the idea that you you command the attention of the crowd? You are your voice is amplified. You're, there's a light spot put on you, and you are supposedly you know so entertaining and interesting that all you have to do is talk, and you're gonna grab the right. attention of all these people in this room. You're you're requesting this exorbitant amount of attention and it's because you claim to have this skill and the skill is you're going to elicit laughter, you're going to extract mm. laughter from the audience. Yeah. Good luck. What's really weird lately if I have been noticing there's this whole breed of uh, comic uh, open micer mostly but uh, that that does their whole act but not once did you think no there's a joke there. Meaning like like they're just talking. And like they're forgetting that this is supposed to be funny, almost like they're almost saying a story. And when they're done with the story, they expect you to clap. But then you, you know, nothing in it was even a joke. Where it's like, is that their sense of humor? Is that bad? Or they 
just don't get they're the open comic. micers you're, yeah. you're dealing with open micers <laughs> oh. i mean you you it's like that's like saying like how come this guy who uh you know doesn't know how to throw a punch at all thinks he's going to be on the ultimate fighter you know right. I mean, you, you just they're, they're not good they're yeah. incompetent it's so amazing that people yeah. could be that bad though what's amazing is they could be that bad forever i mean how many right. dudes have you ever seen at the comedy store that have been doing stand-up for 10 plus years doing open mics and they're still like it's brutally bad so insane it's like how insane. do you it not progress you should progress like you're talented in the opposite way the fact that you haven't gotten better at all and you've been doing it for some people 15 years man. i don't yeah. think you can get better if you're not good at all Right. I think, you know, there are some guys that get into comedy that truly don't understand what comedy is, and they see other people doing it and talking it, but they're so socially unaware that they don't know how they come off to other people. And they probably don't have the tools, the psychological tools, the cognitive tools to really uh, objectively assess their own personality. So they're never going to be able to do it. They right. literally are never going to be. You have to have a certain amount of awareness in order to do stand-up. And yeah. there's a lot of people that attempt it that just don't have that. They don't have it. And if you don't have it, man, you got to do... You, there's Something has to happen dramatic. You got to go to Mexico and do Ibogaine. You know? Ayahuasca, maybe. Yeah, something like Get that. Get your yeah. mind blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be able to come back. Yeah, and... you literally have to become a different person. Yeah. The person that you are is just... you. you what you have is like... It's like, I want to race in the Formula One Grand Prix, but I have a Toyota Camry. What do you think I should do? Uh, <laughs> well, you're fucked. Yeah. Because these fucking cars go 250. 50 miles an hour and they're three inches off the ground. What are you gonna do? You're not gonna you're not gonna do that. You don't you're not equipped for it. You have to change your equipment. You know? That's it. That's what it takes. The snake must shed its goddamn skin from time to time. And this is the end. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. My only friend, the end. Uh, well, you're all slaves. <laughs> Dude, um right, the snake. Dude. Uh, you know, I, I've just this is kind of like a, a weird off-topic idea that I've had, but I wanted to tell you about it because I had this weird because you were uh, Catholic. You're this Catholic. whole thing is off-topic. <laughs> no, we can never say this is off-topic off at this, this podcast. This is off the script that okay. we've been rehearsing for yes, the last. Yes, I was few raised days. Catholic. Yeah. Um, and in 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 religion, there's this idea of tithing, where you're supposed to get ten sure, percent of your inco yeah. income to the church. So. Dude, I've started thinking about that, and I've started thinking, like, how fucking interesting would your life get if you decided to give 10% of your income, not to the church, but you decided to, like, give 10% of your income to, to do, like, really cool things for people, randomly. You know what I mean? Right, like, I see what you're saying. You like, know what I'm saying? Create your own sort of church offering. Yeah, but it's right. not, no church is involved or right. anything. you just like, because, yeah. like, the man, like... To go back to the idea of psychedelic states, things that induce psychedelic states, fucking helping someone randomly that mm -hmm. doesn't expect you to. Like, if you go out and you think, I'm going to go... I'm not a big fan of giving money to, like, people in front of 7-Eleven who are, like, covered yeah. in sores. I think that that's, like, kind of, like, a, a way of killing somebody. But, like, if you go out and, like, have some extra money and decide to... I'm going to do something cool with this. Or you just try to, like, convert your financial energy into some positive thing that you randomly do for someone and you decide i'm going to do this from two to four o'clock today right that puts you in the weirdest most psychedelic state and when you do some random good thing for somebody dude it blows people's minds yeah like they freak the fuck out like the look on their face is like what just happened to me because everything is inverted in our society towards the self Everyone's always thinking about themselves. Everyone's always fixating on themselves. If, if for two hours 
you don't fixate on yourself long enough to go do some random fucking thing for somebody, dude, it's trippy. I definitely think that putting energy in towards you know any any sort of charitable notion, any anything where you're helping people, it definitely is the the right kind of energy to put out there in the world. It definitely can induce you know a different state of mind, a different state of being. But the the, the charity thing. Which is great. I mean, anything's good. Like, but when you know you call in and you give money to somebody, or you have some kind of fund that you put money into that helps something, I'm talking about like physically. Right. I know what you're saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, charitable. I mean, like go, going out and helping people. I definitely agree. I mean, how many of these fucking organizations keep getting busted? Charitable organizations. When you find out, like the the Wyclef Jean thing for Haiti, yes. and you know, you find out they're all stealing money, and yeah. it's like it's always it's always some, something like that is always going down. Doing random cool things for people. It does. Uh, it gives you like a, a definitely gives you some sort of a weird charge. You know, when I gave away my uh, isolation tank online, right. um, that was uh, one of the coolest things that I ever did because I, I mean, this fucking eight thousand dollar piece of equipment and some dude I don't even know just and and then bought salt. Salt was like twelve hundred bucks and then had it moved to his house. You know, I had to pay for a moving company and then I had to pay for an installer to go install it in his house. Meanwhile, the fucking guy doesn't even use it. That bastard. Yeah, man, I'm, I want to ask him for it back. I can give it to you. Do you have a place that works out? Oh, he has the best place I ever. I got a now. perfect place for a yeah. tank. You need to get one. I want to float. You got to see his man cave. Yeah, we need to. We need to get you. I a got tank. a fucking man cave. You I got a, a place right next to a shower where it could just. I could really? just basically go right from the flotation tank <sighs> into the, the shower. The world needs Duncan Trussell to have a fucking isolation tank. Please, <laughs> God, hear my prayer. The real, really, you need to and make some Verizon money. And a Verizon iPhone. Yeah, what do you? You're with. Um, you're with. Uh, well, you've got. You got a couple of different projects going on. But when one of these hits, man, when you get your first fat check. We're going to get you. If this guy won't give up the tank, I don't think this guy wants to give up his tank. I think he's getting, he's going through a divorce now, though. So he might have to move the tank. He might not have the money to reset the tank up. Right. I'll store it for him. Just, I, I talked to him about it like a year after I sent it to him. And he's like, yeah, I hardly ever use it. I'm like, you fuck. I'm like, God That's damn That's what happens to do it randomly. Yeah, but, you know, I figured anybody that was, I mean, and the guy was like a wannabe stand-up comedian. He's like trying to be a comic. It's like, Jesus Christ, dude, I gave you a fucking doorway to the universe and you don't open it and go through it every now and then? I bet then? he's got his old checks in there. I bet there's no water in it. He just puts old boxes in it. If I was thinking, I would have just built a shed. <laughs> yeah. I just built a shed for a washer and dryer. You know how easy it would have been just to build a shed for that? that would have been would you nice. have used it, though? I've never been in one, so probably. You think? Yeah. I've never been in one, so probably. The, the thing is but yeah, well, but I've offered you to go to that uh, Soothing Solutions. You've never gone to that. Do you want to go to that? I've never made the call. You want well, you want to do it? I'll do it. Totally we'll set it up. Okay, totally we'll set it up. Or you can go to Float Lab. That's the best place. Yeah. The Float Lab ones are on another level. That guy Craig. If you're in a, a tank, go to FloatLab.com and look at what this guy's doing. This guy's making these super fucking thick stainless steel insulated tanks. They're yeah. the greatest. They're, he's it's like, like the, the apple of flotation. Yeah, tanks. he's just a bad motherfucker. He's like this crazy mad scientist dude. He's like really into floating. He's trying to invent some some new screen where you can watch. It's the lowest amount of light is coming through these LCD screens, so you can watch like documentaries inside the tank and you can learn from it right. somehow or another. It helps you. It seems been, like it defeats the purpose. I think so. But I'm not maybe, into it no, at all. Maybe there's a way to like have like information blasted into your yeah, brain. Yeah. Well, that's the what he's saying is that when you don't have when you you have an absence of sensory input you you can really absorb information at a much faster rate and it totally makes sense on paper because the whole idea i mean look it's very difficult to watch a movie if there's jackhammers going on behind but you dude distracting um, you if right. you had a float tank mm -hmm. that had a 
interactive surface on the top of it. Right. So that it can turn completely dark if you want it to. But if you want, you could light the entire fucking thing up with like the universe, the mm. Milky Way, uh, the, I don't know, just blue sky or whatever. Just fucking Sanskrit verses from like all the great scriptures fl- flying on there. It'd be incredible. Sanskrit verses. Well, would you, hopefully would you look there'd at be a that? translation. Do you, do you, uh, how long would it take to learn Sanskrit? Is that I, like a 10-year project? I think it would take a long fucking time, but I don't know. If anybody would be into that, I would think it would be you. I'd love to. Just because it's Sanskrit and, and Tibetan, when I'm on mushrooms and I start like, you close your eyes and you see those weird symbols. I see Egyptian stuff. See, that's the thing. And I always yeah. wonder, these these symbols you're seeing, I always think... Mayan-looking things. If I knew how to read this, yeah. would I be reading, like, some kind of message here? Is this... Am I actually looking at some kind of scripture? You know what McKenna believes, actually? What, what he thought was that when you do a psychedelic, what you're doing is you're taking part in the experience of everyone else who's also done that psychedelic. That's why he, he described ketamine as such an odd psychedelic because it seems like its database of users was very, very small. So he said ketamine felt like an office building that was empty. You'd go in there and it's just empty cubicles. Like, where is everybody? Whereas mushrooms, you do it, you're dealing with 10,000 years of obsessive daily use by right. millions of people all over the world. And a lot of those being the Mayans. I mean, the Mayans were heavily, heavily into mushrooms. You know, when I was... Um, in, uh, when I was in uh, Chichen Itza and I went on a tour, uh, the guy that took me on a guide was a really, really interesting guy. He was a, a local uh, university professor who also uh, did guides, like did tours and shit like that. He was just really deep into the, the history of it. And he just openly talked about the psychedelics, like how they would take psychedelics and they had all different rooms that they would you know, practice different rituals in. And it's well known that there was a deep, deep history in Mexico of, of psychedelic mushroom use. So it's not surprising that when you do mushrooms, and especially if you do mushrooms that you buy in California, you know, I mean, you're, you're probably getting the same strains that the Mayans got. I mean, right. you're, you're probably getting those, mu- those Mexican mushrooms and yeah. you see all sorts of weird Mayan symbols. It's almost like what you're doing is you're somehow or another tapping into their, the past people's psychedelic experiences. Obviously this is all just. When are we all going to go eat shrooms? Me, us three. We should you do know, it. We should just go fucking on the beach somewhere. As long as they don't have psilocybin in them. I love to eat mushrooms with you guys. Psilocybin. What do you mean? That's what makes you trip. As long as they don't have psilocybin in them? I was I talking wanna, shiitake. Duncan. I don't want to announce eating mushrooms to 500 billion people, <laughs> of which by now at least 3,000 are police officers yeah. intently listening with a notepad. They just said they're going to the beach. It's Go just to- as ridiculous that mushrooms are illegal as Monsanto trying to, to you know, patent a pig. Yeah. It's just as ridiculous. Yeah. Like how the fuck is one person going to tell you that some spore of a of, of fucking plant, uh, a living organism that, by the way, which is actually closer to a human than plants are to humans, yeah. you know, spores are, are, are closer to us than... than well, because they eat organic matter. Yeah. But dude, I mean, how I'm, fucking crazy. It's not just that someone feels okay, like... The, the enforcing the law if you eat those fucking things that make you see some kind of weird transcendental language that the Mayans were trying to copy down that's what I think I think they were seeing a language and they're like alright this is the best way we can replicate this weird language that we were seeing I think that's what happens it could be but yeah. the think that something that produces like that effect there are people right now in federal fucking penitentiaries right now 
laying in a cot in a federal penitentiary listening to fucking white Aryan resistance murderers jerking off. Oh, oh, oh. Just yeah. because you wanted to fucking see the mothership for a second. <laughs> You're three doors down from a guy who fisted a six-year-old. <laughs> what the fuck? I know. How is that possible? I know. Well, actually, you know, nonviolent drug offenders don't get locked up in the same place as people that fist six-year-olds. But I know what you're saying. Oh, really? Just the fact that they're in a cage at all. I mean, maybe you do once you get in there and they, you know, one of the fucking... Hispanic guys wants to fight with you and you stab him in the neck and you know yeah. you wind up getting a murder rap on top of sure. it which happens sure. it happens to nonviolent drug offenders they wind up getting you know much deeper uh, penalties for something they do while they're actually in prison dude my friend got a DUI went to fucking county jail his jaw was broken within six minutes it was like a Saturday night and there were gangbangers there he had to take a piss they wouldn't let him get to the toilet he's like I, you've got to piss and they just were like what did you say what Boom! Broke his fucking jaw. For wow. what? Because he fucking drove from a club after one extra beer? That's insane. Fuck you you shouldn't be lumped up in the same group of people. But, you know, then again, what if your friend slammed into a fucking car and killed someone's kid? Well, you know? I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't know how drunk he was, and I'm just sure. guessing, but it's the same thing. I, you know, yeah, you know? I understand. You shouldn't drive drunk, and God knows. Like, I'm not saying drive drunk. Well, he drunk. won't do that again, I'm right? just saying that's not the, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Well, did you Probably get raped? Not. Well, you shouldn't have had that beer. Yeah, that's what you get. I guess that's what you get. It's so fucked up, man. It's well, it's, I don't. You know, I definitely think that people should be penalized for for putting other people in danger because sure. they're drunk and irresponsible. But when it comes to things like mushrooms, when it comes to you know psychedelic experiences and, and and the idea that you can make any sort of plant that grows here or fungus that grows here naturally, it's a part of the ecosystem already. Way before you know we invented any law, this is fucking completely ridiculous. Especially when you look at all the stuff that is legal and all the stuff that can kill you and all the stuff that you could buy at any store. It's completely silly it's not there's no logic behind it it's not like this is like a rational decision like you're obviously deciding what i can and can't do you're deciding what kind of experiences i have and you're, there's no science behind it this is not 1950 you can't pull some mccarthyism bullshit on me i can get online and i can say well look no one's died from psilocybin how come psilocybin is illegal well look here, I can show you a, a thousand different people that'll tell you that you know, they've got over post-traumatic stress disorder, they've gotten over you know, addictions, they've gotten yeah. over all these things because of psychedelic experiences, and you're telling me that it's illegal. You're telling me that it's, it's bad. Well, wh why is it bad? Here's the deal with anything. Whenever there's something that people can benefit from and people have all these stories about and people, there's, there's, there's an area to explore and someone's keeping you from doing that and trying to lock you in jail if you do do that, yeah. they're the fucking criminals. They're the monsters. They're the monsters. They are the fucking criminals of the human race. Yeah. You, are you are putting a crime on people. You are literally stopping people from evolving. Yep. Those are the fucking demons, Stop man. doing it, Duncan. I like to put people in jail. Duncan's all about constricting I love it. There's nothing I love ball more gags. than having a mushroom addict in the back That's, of my squad car. We're gonna have to explore car. ball gags and, and whips someday with you. Oh yeah, diapers. Yeah. I remember when the f diapers. <laughs> Do you remember coming up and saying that to me? That's hilarious. You, you, ball gags, dog. All right, just kidding. I won't say it. Hey, uh, so we talked to Steve today, and he he's completely sober now. He stopped smoking cigarettes, stopped drinking. He was doing. He said he was doing so much drugs the last couple years of his life. There was people walking around his house that didn't exist. That's how bad it got. 
but now he just quit everything and now is vegan. And isn't that crazy to you to think that that somebody that gets in a toilet with shit is so concerned about his health that he's eating vegan and not on anything? Wow. Well, I guess he's probably realizing how silly his life was, and he's like, you know, yeah. putting himself back right. in line. It's like, well, what's the logical step to put yourself as far in line as you can right. and go vegetarian and vegan? There's a guy named John Fitch that fought in this last UFC, and he went, he had a, a vegan diet. I thought it was really interesting. I wanted to see how he did. He wound up winning. He beat BJ Penn. It was sort wow. of. No, I'm sorry, he didn't beat BJ Penn. No, it draw. was a draw. But he won the, the final round. His his cardio was really good. It was really solid. Hmm. He was talking about his cardio is like off the charts now, you know. But strong mean lost re weight. refight. They just have to refight. I don't know. The, they have to decide now. They have to figure out what the fuck to do, you know. Because uh, this was for the number one contender spot, and you know Fitch is still pushing. You know, after the post fight interview, his coach was like, you know, ask for a title shot. After, and I'm like, mom, you can't ask for a title shot after you get off of a draw. It's just like too what, tough to sell. What did you think was going on with that fight? Who did you think? One. A draw could be uh, expected. It depends on how you score the third round. The, ten the third round was pretty decisive victory for Fitch. Some people thought that was a 10-8 round. You know, I, I'm not really... It depends on how you use 10-8 rounds. Because the 10-8 the round, the system that they use now, I, I think it's like they don't give out enough 10-8 rounds. But you have to decide when is it a 10-8 round. When you're inside a guy's guard and you just punch him to the body and to the head, I'm not sure if that's a 10-8 round. I could see it argued, but BJ, I thought, won the first two rounds. Because, and, but those were very close, too. I could see it argued that yeah. Fitch did, too. Um, or the, uh, Fitch won one of them because, um, you know, BJ got his back. BJ took him down. BJ got his back. But then he lost position, and Fitch got on top of him. So the question is, like, well, what is, what's worth more? Is it worth more to take a guy down and to get a dominant position where you're close to finishing a fight but then losing it and getting reversed and wind up being your guard with the guy on top of you throwing punches? Is that better, or is it better to take the guys back? What's worth more on points? Well, that's a subjective thing, you know. So it's tricky. I could see that. I could see the first two round score for BJ, and I could see I could see someone scoring one of them for Fitch, and I can also see the the second the third round rather being ten eight. So I could see yeah. a draw. We were split too when we were yeah. watching it. Watching yeah, it. it's tricky, man. It's tricky. I mean, BJ's a bad motherfucker, but he's he's small for that weight class. Yeah. You know, when he's fighting, he's weighing 166 with his pants on, and he's fighting Fitch. Who? But this is the thing about Fitch. The reason why I brought this up, he was at one point in time like 200 pounds, and he would cut down to 170. But now he's like all organic and vegan, and he's wearing around 180, right. you know, which is really light for him, and then dropping a little weight. But his cardio is like way better now, too. I've entertained trying like a, a serious vegan diet for a while. Me too. But... You know, I heard like Travis Barker after he cr crashed in that plane and he had to get skin grafts and shit like yeah. that. They didn't take until he started eating meat and he like stopped being a vegan in his recovery from that. Like he was a, he was a vegan before that. And then, you know, when he started eating red meat, then all of a sudden like his healing like like went, went through the roof. Whenever so I, I eat vegan food at a vegan restaurant, I fucking love it. And oh, swingers. I think mm. if I could make this myself... I wouldn't want to. Eat, I wouldn't care about it. Well, you it. could make it yourself easily. It's yeah, a pain it in the seems ass. Like it's a pain in the ass. I when, could be wrong. With yeah. with our friend when when I dated her, it was like having to go to certain restaurants, having to right. do all this bullshit. She's not even a vegan anymore now. So. She gave up. Yeah, she eats vegan here and there, but she's but she. Is it yeah. me just fucking filled with hormones right now? Is it most? Well, just meat get is just sick? some meat is. Yeah, yeah. It depends on where you're getting it. Right. Free range. You want free range organic meat, and right. you want grass fed too. I like. Gra I prefer the taste of grass fed. This is a discussion that our 
Corey and I actually had on the podcast on a plane, the uh, the difference between grass-fed and, and grain-fed beef. B- beef is not, it's not natural for them to be eating grain. They're not supposed to eat corn. We give them corn because it makes them fat as fuck, which makes the meat so delicious and tender when you cook it because there's all this fat bubbling up inside of it and, you know, and melting and just gets awesome like a big fat fucking grain-fed steak. You know, it's just so, just melts in your mouth. But r- the reality is they're supposed to be eating grass. And when you, you taste grass-fed beef, it has a distinctly different flavor. I prefer it. But I like game. I like eating like I like I like venison and elk. I like eating like those meats. I have like my theories about that shit. I feel like anything that's tough to catch is easy or, or tough to catch rather is, is really good for you. And things that are easy to catch, like cows, you can just walk right up to a cow and shoot them in the fucking head. They're stupid. <laughs> you know? Like you'll shoot a cow in the head and a cow right next to him will like he doesn't even freak right. out and go, Holy fuck. But like you try to shoot a pig, pigs will run from you, man. Pigs, you know, like and wild pigs, like wild boar, very good for you. Cows are fucking sweet creatures. Yeah, well, they're they're cows. They're sweet. they're cattle. You know, I mean, but the, the idea the, of cattle like being like at our mercy. You know, like like you. No, you know, like, they're like, like they're like you know like in India how like they worship cows. Mm-hmm. So in India, like in the streets, there are these cows that have just been being petted by people right. like dogs. They are fucking sweet. Like, Don't you think though that that docile behavior has been engineered? Through, through years of breeding for for them to be, you know, farm animals, for them to be used, for, well, for, to be killed. It's an unnatural yeah. thing for people to just walk right up to an animal and be able to pet it. People are creepy fucks, you know? I mean, you have to like, engineer an animal to be that docile. You know, like... Yeah, na- oh like yeah, wild it comes cows. from a long relationship yeah. with humans, for sure. Yeah. yeah, wild cows and shit like that, they don't have that sort of... I mean, is there, are there wild cows? What the fuck I'm am sure I talking about? Sure there must is. have been at some point in time. It must sure. have been wild, sure, there right? there still is. Well, cows are so valuable, very few of them are wild, right? No, no. Cows aren't valuable, are they? Like, is there like... Wait, or... Cows are very valuable. Really? They're worth a lot of money, sure. Cows are worth a lot of money. Of course, right. man. Steak I, is expensive. I would think that How cows are a diamond cow? dozen. How much would it cost to buy a cow? That's a good question. I think... Look it up, man. I would love to do that, man. I would love to have my own farm someday and just have animals that, you know, you know what they're feeding, you know what you're feeding them rather, yeah. you know, and if you're going to eat them, you know how they're treated, you know that it's all humane. Dude, I think about the my the, my dream idea of that, which is like this crazy place out in the woods with solar panels where where the majority of your electricity or all of it is coming from the sun and you're feeding yourself from this place. That's feasible here. Yeah, it's feasible, but it's like so like so much work to run mm. a farm. It's insane. Yeah. It's not like either or either you have like people working for you and doing it or if you're involved in it, you're just there's no there's you just work all day and sleep, and you wake up yeah. and work all day and sleep. Yeah, you you you, but you can be self sustaining, which is very you know rewarding for a lot of people. Yeah, the idea that you grow all your own food, you grow all your own vegetables, and you grow all your own animals as well. But yeah, you could hire a few people to to run. I mean, if you just wanted sure. a farm only for your family's sustenance. You know, that's kind of an interesting theory, you know, an interesting sort of a a concept, you know, set up a farm where all the vegetables that you grow are vegetables that you eat. And then I guess, you know, in the wintertime, you can them or something or you have a greenhouse or something. You can them. Looks like cows are about a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks for a cow. So, so. That's a bargain. Think about all the meat on that thing. So you can either buy two cows or buy the new MacBook. Oh, fucking new MacBook all the way. You you guys, well, let's end on this because you guys are fucking goofy Mac heads. As I'm on <laughs> iPad two in two days. What is the new? What is the deal with these MacBooks? You they guys just keep look ranting about. Amazing. They look amazing. Well, the biggest no, thing is the like, new technology, the Thunderbolt technology, which is like Thunderbolt, bro. ten gigabytes per is that what they call second. It Thunderbolt. Yeah, there's a phone called the Thunderbolt too. That's on there. Yeah. 
who, who copied off who. Yeah. <clears throat> it's 10 gigabytes per second. So what that means wow. is live, like you're pretty much going to be able to hook up an external hard drive and edit HD video easily and run multiple streams of, you know, it's going to help editing, video editing and transferring files. Nowadays, when you want to back up your computer, 10 gigabytes a second, come on. That's, that's incredible. insane. And it has HD video cameras now. Uh, also, a bigger solid state drive. You can get up to what was it? Uh, everybody's going to think. Everybody's yeah. going to think you got sponsored by Mac. Well, well and, so? and we already do. We have we use laptops that have the big Apple logo on. It was like one of the, the people right. that tried to sponsor us. who was like asking, like, right. does Apple pay you? You guys have Apple out there? I wish Apple please sponsor us. But it was but like quad cores. That's that's fifty times faster than the last last bit of macbooks 50 times yeah some of the the early benchmarks are showing anywhere from the 13 inch model being about 12 percent faster to to up to 53 percent faster oh okay that's not 50 times no no 50 i'm sorry 50 percent i meant 50 percent sorry Big yeah difference. jesus Christ. <laughs> just... quad core you know double core quad core that's pretty interesting so that would be what you would need if you were doing video rendering and shit like that. But for most people, what the fuck? I mean, it's just a matter Starcraft of transferring too. things. Well, even, yeah. I mean, have you noticed even, I don't know on your laptop, but I know on this one, like fucking YouTube or YouTube videos or any kind of HD video still is struggling. Even though this is a pretty fast laptop, it still struggles. It's so the graphics card, right? Is that what it's, it is? It's mostly the graphics card and, and just the fucking shitty flash and the video card then these new ones have video cards up to one gigabyte now which is crazy and they switched from nvidia which has been having a lot of problems with the macbooks lately uh with overheating and and problems with them now they switched back to a uh, amd or whatever so See, this is interesting. interesting to me it's exciting but not that exciting I, I need some new shit i need i need some next level shit I know. Right. Yeah. Just transferring gigabytes real quick. That's all good and everything like that. But what is the next thing that a fucking computer is going to do that's really going to blow you away? Not going to be that. I think if we're going more towards tablet, more no, towards projection, okay. quantum so. computer. No, it's that fucking um, the computer that just beat people at Jeopardy. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. Like you know, it used to be like a computer that could play chess and beat people was a big deal. Now everyone has a computer that can beat you at chess. Right. Eventually, like the next thing you're talking about is like interactive surfaces where you tell it exactly what you want. I'm actually more excited about this iPad 2 announcement March 2nd, which is supposedly going to have cameras in the front and back. Pretty So that's going to change the whole thing with being able to do FaceTime and watching Ustream. Now you can be able to Ustream from your iPad. This is, this is what's really trippy. Quantum computing. That's the really weird shit because, first of all, try to wrap your head around what a quantum computer really is. You have to really kind of understand what the idea behind quantum mechanics and what it basically is. is a, This is how it's listed in Wikipedia. A device for computation that makes direct use of quantum mechanical phenomena such as superposition and entanglement. And if you don't know what that means, superposition means that an object can be both moving and still at the same time. I mean, the, the, yeah. when you get into the idea of quantum mechanics, you get into like... That's weird voodoo shit. Things that particles, that subatomic particles that blink in and out of existence, and the idea of you know it being able to be affected by the user. I mean, well, those are all yeah, quantum mechanical ideas. Talk about quantum entanglement because that really is voodoo shit. That's like and the, that's a computer. Quantum entanglement is, as I understand it, is the idea that if you take two particles and put them together and then move them apart, right, they still are somehow connected yes. and you can transfer information down that line. It's one of those things yeah. when I talk about it, I say what I've heard said, but I don't know what it means. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking about superpositions and I'm talking mm-hmm. about entanglement and I'm saying all those things. Yeah. But I mean, what, what, you know, all I'm doing is making the right noises with my mouth. <laughs> you know, my brain barely makes the connection to what the fuck that truly yeah, my, means. My connection is just this rudimentary thing where I think of like two round things that have what appear to be a really long hair attaching them or something. Like when you like the idea that you that things just kind of like have some invisible or tiny uh relationship that just stretches apart but the the reason i say that's voodoo or witchcraft is because it's like rosemary's baby remember the guy called and he was missing his glove Mm -hmm. like one of the things witches are always trying to do is steal a little piece of you get your hair and if quantum entanglement's true then that would mean that there's some connection between you and the thing that came from you that they could start shooting bad energy down that line whoa holy shit so all that stuff's kind of real they just didn't have the words for it well i always thought about alchemy like the idea of alchemy like what you know when people are trying to make gold out of lead and using magic and all sorts yeah. of different things like where what's what's that is there is that i mean if if we really do break down things as far as their elemental structure and we really under is it possible to turn lead into gold someday is is someone going to be able to adjust you know what what the the molecules that uh, the differentiate between gold and lead and platinum and silver is that possible absolutely they can do absolutely. it with diamonds. i mean they're like that 3d printers Jeff. sort of but diamonds it's that's like you're you're smashing something with intense pressure and creating a new thing with it but you're not turning something into something it's not it's like a natural sort of a metamorphosis metamorphosis right doesn't that make sense yeah well because we know like what the the chain reaction that causes diamonds we or the chemical reaction the pressure and carbon and millions of years or you know some crazy fucking thing that the russians invent that makes diamonds out of nothing well have you ever heard the idea that that alchemy was code for a secret society that was trying to teach people to become enlightened through science and that the idea really? yeah lead into gold the idea of the transmutation of lead into gold they didn't really even though that it was a, a focus of alchemy there was a deeper level which was the idea that they're talking about the transformation of the human consciousness from going to a useless empty robotic state to a fully realized state like and once you go to that state you don't care if something's gold you don't care about you. It, the, the material universe doesn't mean anything anymore. I'd never heard that before. I'd always heard it just described as someone trying to manipulate one form of matter to turn it into something more valuable. There's a great movie by this guy, and it's fucking trippy, dude. You know who Joe Dorowski is? You ever heard of him? No. There's How do you say his name? Dorowski? Joe Dorowski. Oh, dude. J-O. Joe. I'm going to spell it wrong. It's J- one... That's his last name. Joe Dorowski. He was super... His last name? Joe yeah. Dorowski. Alejandro Joe Dorowski. And there's a, bu- a movie that he made called... The Holy yeah. Mountain. Alejandro Jodorowsky. Yeah, look up Alejandro Jodorowsky. It's actually uh, W-S-K-Y. Uh, J-O-D-O-R-O-W-S-K-Y. Jodorowsky. I think Alejandro. John Lennon paid for the movie The Holy Mountain. But, like, check it out. It was, like, at the time he had this teacher who was telling him, well, while you're making this movie, just take as much LSD as you can. <laughs> <laughs> And it Always is awesome. sound advice. Check it out. It's on YouTube. There's Why don't you have like a part of your website that has all these movies you recommend and all know. this shit? Because you always bring out this crazy shit out of nowhere. Yeah, dude. You should totally have that. I should have a little listing or something. You really should. Throw it yeah. on your Amazon. You should. Uh, I'll put it up. Yeah. Well, you uh, you need to be more active with your web presence, fella. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I got website. the podcast and I tweet. 
Yeah, but your website, you know, which yeah, I, would I, be the what me. I I used to do a lot more work on it now until I've been uh, working on this book. I haven't been really writing. I gotta about it as update much. it, man. I I do. I love your website, by the way. I put it on a couple computers at Apple the other day. Ah, homepage, homepaged it. Thanks, Is it uh, artistic terrorism? No, it's duncantrussell.com. You used to have the other one. Artistic, artistic terrorism got yanked from the by me from some fucking Russian punks. What? I didn't they renew it. it. Oh. And then the next thing I knew, I went to artistic terrorism. It's like some Russian site. You can't get it back? No. no. It's too late. It's gone. Really? See, Is that how it works? By the yeah. way, that was... It's pretty easy for that to happen. That Arti- just happens... That, that happens all the time. A lot of people get like... Pretentious think it's their hosting. Website. Anyway. Say that again? That sounds like a name the guy who drowned himself in the bathtub would come up with. Artistic, artistic terrorism. That was just a long time ago. That was yeah. when I... Fuck worked at the comedy name. store. Yeah. Do you remember when you worked at the comedy store and we used to... I used to call you up and we'd have long ass fucking crazy conversations while you were working there. Yeah. That's how we got to be friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to know Duncan from Duncan hanging out there, and then Duncan started working for the store, and I would call up, and Duncan and I would have long, fucking, bizarre conversations that would last for hours yeah. while you were while you were working. Pretty much this would yeah. happen over the phone. And Duncan, here's proof that Duncan practices what he preaches. When he was working at the comedy store, that's when the Pauly Shore reality show came around. Oh, yeah. And everybody else went along with it. And Duncan's like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. And you quit. I quit. Yeah, you didn't have an option. I didn't want to be on that show. Well, man, what what started happening is like, it seemed like, you know, he was talking about trying to make a show happen. And, uh, you know, and then the show started happening for real. And all of a sudden I couldn't sleep at night and I was grinding my teeth. Because the idea of having to be on this reality show, and like I was, I would wake up and I, my teeth would be, be grinding, and I'd be like, oh, and this fucking feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh no, this is it. This is how you're gonna. Because I didn't know at the time, I was like, fuck this. Sh- what if the show takes off? What if you're the you're the you're the fucking guy who works with Polly at the comedy store. You're you're not a comedian. You're just a guy behind a desk answering the phone for Mitzi. It was just like the most humiliating. It would have been the worst thing ever. Yeah, wow. I gave you props. You really, that was cool that he did that. Yeah, you really, uh, you really like. You know, you you had a reaction to it, a very well, very uh, very strong reaction, yeah. which a lot of people wouldn't because this was an opportunity for I'm you to get on television. I'm gonna right. get on TV. Ooh, I gotta get on TV. I just gotta get in front of those cameras at it's, all costs. Do you think you could have done Fear Factor? What do you mean? If, you, if someone came up to you and said, "Hey, Duncan, we have this show. We want you to host Fear Factor. It's gonna be this network uh, reality show." Yeah. I don't think I don't think that would have been your. You your, think? Do you, uh, no. You no, might no, not no. have done it. You might, you're you're a weird let dude, let, man. You might have walked away from it. Let me explain the difference between. And by the way, because I do not want to come off like I'm some kind of like. Uh, uh, saint or self-righteous like super like my artistic well, integrity yeah it wasn't just yeah. any reality show by the way you had worked there and saw the toxic environment yeah, that you were dealing with right. for a long sure. time and then saw that the most toxic of all was in control of this this sort of project and it was going down all the wrong paths and you know you made it a conscious decision. I, I needed a way the fuck out of that job. It was a desk job. And like, yeah. I, you know, I, I needed to get the fuck out. And it was just like, it seemed like a lot of things were aligning at the same time. that gave me a way to move on instead of uh, continuing in, in this job that, by the way, it was like a job where I was tired of it. The guy who's the current talent coordinator was obviously really into the idea of having that job. Like for him, he wanted to do it. Whereas for me, it was like it had gotten to the point where I wasn't inspired by it. And it was just seemed like 
to continue on would be the ultimate hypocrisy and would and would be a shitty move on every single level. It's interesting because a lot of people would have never thought about it that way. They would have thought, well, here's an opportunity. I mean, honestly, me, me personally, I probably would have thought about it and said, well, you know, if I was working there, at least I'll get on television. This will give me an opportunity to, you know, maybe branch off yeah. and do other things, you know? Yeah, well, you know, man, there's a, I've got a really like weird hang up uh, when it comes to performance, which is that I think that people if they're performing for something that's making money, deserve to get paid for it. And so when I do our comedy show at the cemetery, Thursday, we pay, oh yeah, it's this Thursday. We pay our comedians, uh, we pay everyone who performs. And if I'm shooting something, even if it's something that uh, I'm not getting paid for, if someone comes and is in a sketch I come up with, I pay them like I give them money because they drove out there and gave me their time and they fucking deserve it because that's I believe that you should be compensated uh, for art I think that it's one of the highest things ever so another thing that was a little off-putting about that show is that I was clearly going to like not it wasn't just like they were going to film me at my desk doing my job it was like they wanted to create a a heightened reality, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which they wanted you to fake shit and, yeah, and, and follow and, a script. And so I brought and it was a bad script. And so I said, you know, well, what, what it? Well, I'm in. A, for one, I was, in, I was even then, I was in a after. I was in a actors union. It's like, so wait a minute, you're not gonna pay me for acting? Don't like I'm. You have you have to like you. We I get. Con I know that you're making money. Anyone who's acting and spending their time involved in this thing should be getting paid. They should get a little piece. But the, you weren't going to get paid. The producer said to me, absolutely not. No way. This is a documentary. We're shooting a documentary. You're you're not. There's no. That's fucked up. There's no payment involved. In Wait that. a minute. What? Who is the producer? He yeah. was whoever was producing. Jimmy the show. Two Hands. They literally told you that you're going to be on the show and not get paid at all. Yeah. So you were going to be on TV making your salary from the comedy store Correct. that you all... Whoa! Wow, I didn't know that. Whoa. What a bunch of cunts. So, so I did not know that at all. Yeah, so... Uh, that, but that, is that, does that surprise you, <laughs> given the toxic environment that we were talking about where you knew about a comics opening for him and not getting paid and all sorts of other shit? Yeah, you're doing it for the store, buddy. Well, no, that's the... See, and that's the, 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 the problem about that attitude... Um, which is in so many different aspects of society, which is where the artist is given the impression that they are lucky to be doing their art in a certain place. Yes. That is fucking Satanism. That is not how it works, man. It's like, I don't care what the fucking place is. The art, if, if it's a place that's making money and generating money off the artist, the artist is at the top of the fucking pyramid. Right. That's just logic. If there's a fucking guy who makes beautiful cabinets, the most beautiful cabinets in the world, that guy is not going to be like, man, I am so lucky to be in this workshop where they let me make these cabinets. No. Well, the, the, the comedy store is the worst case example of a, a place that thinks it's the star. The place that thinks it's what's important. Well, like, let me just say It's that, changed a lot lately. Yeah, it has. It's, it's I, a I, totally yeah, different place. I, 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 I have to stick up for the place because I... Um, uh, well, but I go up there regularly, and I... Uh, <laughs> the comics kind of took yeah, it back. No, the comics kind of took not, it back. But that's yeah. not just yeah. it. The, the place, honestly, the place is under... Isn't Dean still the manager? No, I've never seen him there anymore. The place has undergone a fucking... 
a, a geologic shift. They're putting on really good acts right now. It's fucking packed all the time. It's got a, a really exciting, good vibe there. And that period of stagnation and weirdness that when you when which made you which drove you out. That's long gone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. So what do you think killed that? Mencia not being around anymore? Uh, I wouldn't. We I changed it. I. Because uh, he's still welcome to go there, right? Mencia? Yeah, he can still go there and I don't know. go out anytime he, he wants. I don't. I think he has to call in now. Where he got used like to have fucking. To. I think Sarah Silverman just went up there. She's Chappelle's there all the time. Chappelle's been every there. time I go in there. I'm like, what the fuck? It's generally just like burgeoning like you know what it seems like it seems like the management kind of took a step a couple steps back i don't know if they were told to or that that they just kind of got bored of trying to be because now it seems like really you just see the comics like the comics are just all that's always best case scenario you know um this talk about people getting paid here's another interesting topic that i wanted to bring up to you and we'll just end on this because we've been going on forever there's a lot of podcasts that are doing podcasts now in front of live audiences and it's a way of generating revenue for the podcast but they're not paying the people that are guests on the podcast, you know, and one invited me and I'm not going to name any names, but invited me to go and, and be on one of their podcasts in front of a live audience. And I said, no, you know, what, you, no one's getting paid. You, you're you're going to someone's going to drive an hour away. And I've done this before, by the way, because I just, you know, it's kind of a, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to go and be on something and, you know, have some fun and, you know, and network with all these other people that are doing these things. But at a certain point in time, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much do you charge? There's, it right. costs cost 20 bucks to get in or 30 bucks to get in. Yeah. And you've got 500 people in here. What's going on here? You, is this a comedy show? Because if it's a comedy show, then it makes sense that, you know, you're the headliner, but you have to pay the opening act. Of you got to pay the middle act. You got to yes. pay everyone who performs on your show. You know, you know with no the, the bandwidth, though, that podcasts have been racking up on some people, like what was Adam Carolla saying that he was paying up to $5,000 a month? I think he said $10,000. $10,000 yeah. a month. Like, I mean, that shit's real shit, man. That yeah. fucking bandwidth. Uh, podcasts are usually about 100 megabytes each. You times that by, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand people. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yes. Think, but wait, you know what? Guess say? what? Uh, um, it, you know, how much does it benefit those comics to be on the show? It benefits them a bit, but it definitely benefits the person who's running the podcast to have a, a, an, a star on their podcast. Right. You know, if you're going to do it in front of a live audience, I mean, it's a weird situation right now. It's like it's a weird dynamic. It almost feels like we need a union to step in. It's like, what's, I mean, how can you do that? I, there's just a basic logic um, that should go behind. If you're making a show, if you're producing a show, there's just a basic logic. The basic logic is. The, the performers are the heart of the show. If you're making money, you have to compensate them. That's right. just logic. You're not doing them a favor by letting them perform. They're well, you are kind favor. of a little bit because you're, you know, you're you're giving them exposure. I mean, you're, think you're about every time you come yeah. on this show. I mean, this show uh, obviously there's we're not getting paid not except for tickets. the sponsor, and the sponsor basically it's all gone. I mean, the sponsor pays for bandwidth and Brian and a bunch of other things, and it's all gone. But you you get on a show like this and for sure it it elevates you and makes people aware of you but oh, yeah. then on the other hand the show's way better when you're on like it, it benefits us too like that used to bother me a lot about like radio shows where like someone would say something douchey about someone the person wouldn't want to do the show anymore and they would say hey didn't we help you didn't we help you out right. like uh, yeah but you got to you can look at it that way but you also look at it like you need to have funny people on your show right. for your show to be good you should yeah. be happy they go on Absolutely. it shouldn't you know but you don't the thing the difference here's the difference <clears throat> man Th- this show for one I've made a fortune in fleshlights. I've had so fucking many. Uh, the the and, and the other thing about it is that um, <clears throat> we're friends, and it's like it's it, there's no sense of like 
You're lucky to be here. This is the best venue for you, though, man. This is the best the the, the best uh, opportunity that people have ever had to get a look at what's special about you and weird about you. To have these long-ass, two-and-a-half-plus-hour conversations right. where we get into weird depth about shit. Absolutely. But people get a chance to see your personality in a way you would never get exposed to on a talk show. Right. There's no way in some seven-minute clip on, you know, name the show, you know. I don't know anything. Jimmy Fallon, name, you know, whatever Fallon. the show is. Yeah, any, any of those shows. What are you going to do? You're going to talk about something for sitting seven at, minutes? You mean sitting at the desk when you come up with too. a cup of coffee? You don't know people. You know, the way people know us from doing this show, they, they know you in a deep, deep way that really there's no other opportunity to get this close to people, this close to the workings of the mind. You Dude, know? I have fucking still ongoing conversations happening on Facebook with people from this podcast who like... I'll tell them something crazy and then they'll email me like the most insane, subversive fucking video or just like really crazy shit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can't go on Facebook if I'm too stoned because I'll start getting paranoid because there'll be some like heavy duty, weird fucking shit up there. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? This is what's going on. You know, this is what's going on. We are connecting with like-minded people yeah. in a way that's never been available before. And it's starting a network. You know, it's not just a network with podcasts, with the Death Squad podcast and Years of the Lavender Hour. You know, it's, it's that, but it's also a network with all these fucking people on Facebook and all these people on Twitter and these people that I met in Australia that came to the show and these people that are, I've got a show this weekend or this week, rather, uh, Wednesday night. Yeah. Wednesday night, I'm at the Louisville, Kentucky Improv. That's my yeah. next gig. And that's another one. This is all promoted just to, strictly straight from, from Twitter. You're going to you have know? fun there, man. I'm sure. We're going to have fun. We have fun everywhere, and that's the deal. I mean, I had fun in Australia. I have fun. We, we, we're bringing these people all together, and people are getting connected, and there's a movement going on. Yeah. And it's, there's a, a, a movement of the mind. There's, this is an opportunity for people to find and connect with like-minded people about things that they thought were interesting that fucking was not available just a year ago. Right. You know, it was not available two years ago or three years ago. It's like this new, this new thought, this new hive mind that's being created. And it's not I'm, not, I'm not taking responsibility for it. It's it's creating itself. It's always been things that I've always been interested in, And it's always been things that you've always been interested in. But it's refining and altering the way that I think about the world. Because I'll say, yes. I'll obviously say some pretty stupid shit that I haven't thought about. And I'll get an email or, or, or five Facebook messages correcting whatever yes. fact. Uh, and usually very politely. Usually, yeah, yeah, very politely. And it's just like, oh, okay. Right. Oh, and, then, and then I'll find myself walking. The next day, like walking my dog and just thinking about mm -hmm. that that way that the, my new version yes, of the universe. Absolutely, and that's that. That's the evolution. Yes, is what that yes, is. it's ours. It's theirs. It's yeah. we. You know, I've I've said this many times that I've talked to a bunch of people that have said they don't know anybody like us. They don't ever have the chance to have these opportunities to have these conversations with people that are near them. But they get to sit in on these conversations, and it's changing the way they think. Well, changes the way I think too, because we're having these conversations on a really regular basis where we know we're broadcasting them, so we know a lot of the shit we say we have to be we have to check it yeah. we have to correct it we have to do some google searching we have to consider our options consider the the contrary argument oh, yeah. and then we'll get all sorts of different cool comments and and different links and different things here's another thing that they're doing on my message board every time there's a, a podcast they'll start a thread where they analyze the podcast as it goes along and then they'll put links up and videos up to things oh, that we're awesome. talking about it's fucking amazing man and it's all natural it's all just a, a natural uh, a Right. It's all just it's just grown out of interest and 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 and, and it, it spreads and then people contribute to it and then it gets larger and larger. I mean it really is. There's a hive mind. 
It's going on, bitches. It's going on right now, and that's how we're gonna end this fucking can I, thing. Can I say one something I've got coming up? Can I no, please, no plugs. I Capitalism, boy. Comedy is dead. Yes. When is it? This Thursday. This Thursday. Yes. We've Can't got this wait. gay. This gay. And that's it's at a. It's at a funeral, by the way. It's at a, not it's a, a funeral. A, 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 excuse cemetery. me. Cemetery. Comedy is dead. Is at the Hollywood Traverse. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. It's not a live funeral. funeral. Every occasionally, someone will die on stage. It's in. It's in a Masonic lodge at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Uh, and this was the address uh, 6,000 Santa Monica Boulevard and we've got Neil Hamburger yes. if you haven't seen him you have to see him but this guy I'm really excited about we have Mary Lynn Rice Cub from 24 yes. uh, and we've got uh, this guy I'm super excited give her that excited. book I just gave you <laughs> You should read that on stage. Shut up! There's, uh, there's a there's a uh, a guy named Kay Strauss who's the yo-yo guy who invaded all these uh, TV stations. Oh, in the Midwest, I saw that. And he's going to be performing. Well, on explain the show. that real quick. This would be the end because this guy he went on this these shows like and pretended that he knows how yeah. to do the yo-yo for kids. He did a character on these morning shows. He apparently you could just send them a letter and say I'm traveling through schools doing environmental lessons and using yo-yos to do it. And it kind of seems like a nice good feel good story. And so they invite him in. He's wearing this ridiculous outfit. He's a uh, he's a, a character actor on the level with like when Kaufman would do his stuff. He's that fucking good. And he's this adult guy who comes on stage with a yo-yo or, and, and doesn't really get to the yo-yo. They finally end up having to ask him to do it. And every time they... <laughs> And every time they ask him to do it, something awful goes wrong. The yo-yo breaks. He can't yo-yo. He's terrible at yo-yoing. And he just leaves them hanging every yeah, time. Well, it's awkward, and they want to like make him feel better. But he's like each t- like he like he's clearly like out of it. You, you just it's all on YouTube. What's K- his name again? K Strauss. S T R A S S. The yo-yo guy. Just look. K Strauss. Like K Strauss. The letter K. K. Yeah. The K letter K, K and the then S T R A U S S. S T R A S S. A S S. Yeah. And what is he going to do at your show? He's got a show based around the character is going to his character will be there and he does a yo-yo show for everybody. So it's cemetery. basically the same thing. It's like. Kind sort of. of. Well, you don't know, right? Well, no, I saw him do it. Has he been doing stand-up or is he just doing this kind of weird performance this, art this thing? Performance art. How long has he been doing it? Uh, he's obviously been doing some form of character comedy for a while because he's too good at it to not have fucking practiced. Or he could be crazy, right? He's. I met him. He's not. He's a super nice guy. He's like a really cool. Is level. he on drugs? No. Is I don't... he on Charlie Sheen? Do you want to hear a little bit yep. of him? What? Case Trust? Nah, nah, we're done. Yeah. This, this fucking thing's been gone for three hours now. Um, uh, thank you, Duncan Trussell, for Hell coming yeah. on. You're the man. You're, you're the always. Man. No, I, I shouldn't even say you're the man. You're a fascinating, <laughs> you're the man. fascinating human being. One of my best friends, and I'm uh, honored that you know you can be my friend and come on the podcast. You're yes. cool you. as fuck, and it's awesome having you on here. And Lavender Hour, you can download off iTunes. And uh, you guys have a website, Lavender LavenderHour.com. And it's uh, him and Natasha Leggero. 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 Yeah. And it's a very, very funny podcast. Um, uh, thank you to the Flashlight for sponsoring the show. If you go to JoeRogan.net and click the link and enter in the code name Rogan, you get 15% off. Um, Louisville Improv. I don't know if there's tickets still available. There wasn't wasn't very many left, um, but it's this Wednesday night with me and my man Tom Segura. Yeah. Shit's jumping off, and then we'll <laughs> be back at um, we'll be back at Sal's Comedy Hall next Wednesday, and uh, we'll also have a couple podcasts next week. I got a couple of good things cooking. So uh, yeah. Brian Callen will be on this Friday. So uh, that's that'll be the next one, and uh, and I'll also put up the podcast on a plane with Ari Shafir. All right, that's it, bitches. That's the end of this.
fantastic. And, li- and listen to our Steve O podcast over at the Death Squad and our Blackout. <clears throat> yeah, don't listen to the Blackout one. UFC Blackout and the yeah. Super Blackout. Yeah, the UFC Blackout maybe that Super Blackout one. I'm I'm gonna step in and intervene. Joe, and you gotta listen say, to it at least before nay, you judge it. It's hilarious. Nay. Seriously, he listen. gets drunk with crazy broads and like literally they get hammered and slobber over each other and threaten to kill each other. <laughs> Why would anyone want to watch that? Awesome. <laughs> All right, folks. Yeah, well, if you got nothing to do, it check it out. Awesome. All right, bitches. We will uh, see you soon on Friday, and I'll see you crazy freaks in Louisville, Kentucky, and maybe I could talk you out of escaping <laughs> or creating, <laughs> creating something better in Louisville. Bye. Maybe a bit of anarchy. All right. Thank Bye. you. I'm on Charlie Sheen. <laughs> How do you do?